Warning, explicit content, listener discretion is advised. Hi there, welcome back to the Muse podcast. Uh, sorry about that downtime in between episodes. Uh, I ended up having to soundproof part of the barn here in order to keep everybody happy with our late night jams. But that is done, and uh, Briggs and I are excited to bring uh, a bunch of new episodes to you in relatively quick succession comparatively with uh, how we've been doing it in the past. Before we go on, as always, we are brought to you by Dapper Ties. Head over to wearedappertize.com. Have a look at the selection. If you decide to buy something, make sure you put in the promo code MUSE, M-U-S-E, MUSE, M-U-S-E, into the little box and get free shipping. So you save yourself five bucks and uh, you'll help the podcast out a little bit as well. This episode, Briggs and I welcome to the barn James Force and Eric Spooner from Subpar Co-Star. I met James a couple years ago at an open mic. Uh, I was playing bass with someone else and he's like, hey, do you want to come up and that's how he talks. Hey, do you, <laughs> do you want to come up and play something? And I said, sure. And I swear he was just making shit up on stage, but it was great and chaotic and interesting. And uh, I have been looking forward to getting James onto the podcast since then. If you want to get in touch with James and Eric or anybody from Subpar Co-Star, head over to Bandcamp and uh, look up Subpar Co-Star. You can hear a bunch of their stuff there. And of course, if you want to get in touch with us, The Muse Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, anywhere on social media. All right. James and Eric from Subpar Co-Star. can jump on whenever it's an open invitation when the mood is right
<laughs> that was very fun. Right pick on. up music is the best music. You right. pick it up and you play it. <clears throat> All right. James, what was that called? That was called Driving by Myself. Beautiful. Yeah. Is that an old song? It's, uh, it's, it's a progression of like that's been changed as the years have gone on. So, yes, it's an older one because there's like elements of it that have existed for a while. But no, it's not because it's never been played in that form and in that shape and with these people tonight. <laughs> never well, that's, right on. <laughs> that's how it goes, though, right? Yeah. It's always a new version nice. whenever you play it. Yeah. Yeah, James said, so you guys should play. So Briggs and I'll, I guess, play, right? Yeah. <laughs> See what happens. That would be the concept. It's all these instruments. Oh. You might as well. Yeah, right? Yeah. Do you want to keep playing? you want to uh, talk for a little while? Why don't you play one more? Yeah. Let's do, let's do the serious one. The serious one? Okay. Yeah. Because they're all lighthearted. <laughs> Whenever you're ready. This is what I would consider a new one, a legit new one. I've been working on it, so it's kind of been bubbling, but now I feel like it's in a form.
default And the waves carry me over the deepest parts For a second I thought I could float forever For a second I was right Wicked. Yeah. Just wicked. That's wicked. fun. <laughs> what a wonderful evening. So, let's talk about that song. Yeah, sure. Do you want to sit down? You want to keep playing? <clears throat> well, I want to talk, but. Let's uh, talk. Let's okay, well, talk. let me ask I'm you. I'm going to stand, personally. Yeah. You're stand? Yeah, I'm going to stand. I feel like it's kind of more Feeling just a it. conversation. Right. You know, we're just hanging, hanging out, out, got right? instruments. Totally. In if something happens. All right, so where did that song come from? How 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 complete is that song when you start singing it? Like right now, <laughs> did you know what you were gonna do? How much are you making up as you go along? Uh, there's a progression. There's always a progression that I work from. What does that mean? The there's like a verse chorus structure that like to a certain extent I create, and then sort of follow a pattern on. But then during the course of that, if it takes tangents, it just goes in places, and then uh, then you bring it back. So it's like you have the structure, you have the bones, and then all you're doing is adding the muscle. And do you have like a dude who goes to the gym like every day? Or do you have like just sort of that guy who's like, oh, Taco Bell, you know? <laughs> Taco Bell comes Sometimes it's both. Yeah, exactly. So, so uh, 
Eric, are you? So how does this how does this work? I mean, uh, James, did you write that yourself? Do you guys write together? How did that what that particular example? That one right there. It's the first time we played it together. Really? Yeah. yeah. It is, yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> that song, for example, I mean, James is he's got a lot of songs in his head, and he writes a lot of songs, so he's got. He's got a lot, like he said, he's got structures, certain chord progressions, certain, there's a lot of, I think, vibes and sort of places. That sounds so hippie, but like a lot of, <laughs> a lot of vibes and places that, uh, that the songs go. We're kind of having a vibey time. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right, I mean. yeah, and I mean, yeah. and, and uh, the, the, I caught him at op- uh, open mic one night and uh, just some really interesting kind of, um, you know, rooms, as it were, that he was going into. And I was yeah. like, I'd, I'd like to throw some things up on those walls if you'd be at all interested. So how long ago was that? Do you get a while no, ago? A while or? ago. Yeah. Yeah. That was, Eric yeah. and I met down at Union Square in Somerville at the PA's open mic because he had like self-produced an album and I had done it, too. And I loved his album. He had a song, um, the bird song. Birds are like us on the weekend with no refrigerator. And I just, it's fucking, it was a fucking great song. Oh, the title. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, like the title alone when he handed me a CD because we did the old like, we're at an open mic and love to make music and you seemed like you're interested, take this. And I loved it. And that song especially slayed me. <laughs> so anyway, after that, we just started connecting and playing together. I forget why though. Well, I, I, I had a bunch of microphones and I offered if there's anything you ever wanted to record or anything. So Daffodils. I recorded yeah. uh, a song and then uh, right. another one. And then at some point you're like, you play music too, don't you? And yeah. And then I started off production and then moved to the uh, to uh, to playing together. But yeah. you were playing with the, the studio. There's something beautiful playing with the studio. That's, what sure, I that's do. like Brian Eno, right? Yeah. Play yeah. the studio. Yeah. Have fun with it. Sure. So, yeah. I'm a, yeah, I love it. I'm DIY to the extreme. That's why I love doing these. Like. As playing music I've always felt this to be like a communal thing and so like younger on I, I uh, always played with a lot of people of various groups of different like types of music nothing crazy like you know I'm not like <laughs> I wasn't doing like Inuit jazz <laughs> you know like, get me started I wasn't like it. like so out there like oh I would like listen I'm not to that level but just like around campfires so it's always to me been something that like you should be able to just park it with a couple people who love to play and Something happens, and it doesn't have to be like a someone else's song. Well, there's something about the way the language works, right? So if if there's no structure at all, if nobody knows at all what the hell people are doing, sometimes that can work. But I think it really requires, at that point, a certain type of, I don't know, just sort of a approach, maybe a personality type, you know? Yeah. But so what do you think? So like what what just happened here, you brought an idea, a structure, but none of us have played that song, I guess. I thought you guys no. <laughs> but apparently no. none, right? And so so there's a certain amount of language that just goes along with that. Like, yeah. you know, I, uh, I, Briggs and I know what chords are. We know what rhythm is. You know, we can... We I'm can, a bass player. I don't know what chords are. Well, <laughs> you know the one note at a time. Right? Yep. It's not like you're a drummer and you're just playing the key of... Right? <laughs> so, you know... At least you have some notes. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> no, but I mean, with a little bit of structure and then re- repetition, a little mantra, and then everybody listens. Yeah, it does seem communal, right? Yeah. Does the song feel different to you when you're playing with different people? Oh, yeah, every time. I so, mean, it, it's sort of like it changes. It, it moves a little bit. It uh, Certain things, like if someone's like uh, in a really upbeat mode and there's like drums and someone's kicking like a fast beat, right? like a, the same song can have a completely different energy that night. Sure, like you know. you'll respond differently to yeah. what's going on in the room. We used to. I had a. I love doing this, and we did this in the when we were playing in the uh, the dojo down in say, Somerville yeah. with lights. We would turn the like, dojo. 
Yeah, it was uh, Alex Miller's uh, studio down in Somerville, but Great. he has since relocated to the West Coast. We love him. He's a wonderful human being. We love you, Alex. <laughs> uh, awesome, awesome dude. But uh, he um, he had the amazing color light switch, and we would like jam. And he was playing drums. He was a producer as right. well. It was uh, it was just completely every time you turned on like red versus blue versus green, like it would change the overall like how you played everything. Oh, I see what you're saying. So the actual visual setting that you were in, yeah, just felt different as you played it's like it. Like well, yeah. blue you walls know? to make yeah. it more relaxing. So we'd jam it in blue, which is more mellow, and then red was more energetic. And then we would kind of like mess around it because we all knew the structure of the song. And it's like, all right, we're gonna do it like swamp funk now, or like we're gonna do it. <laughs> what punk. color is that? <laughs> Orange. It's an dark, off purple. Dark orange. <laughs> dark orange. Yeah, but there's that. <laughs> Anything that's experimental is a dark orange. There's that that <laughs> same uh, that same sort of setting again, where you have a structure, you have some sort of I don't know, you have a way of trusting what's about to happen to a certain extent, yeah. and then of course yeah. you don't know what's going to happen. You have to have like the musical cues. That's the one thing I find is that, and especially it's. Uh, having something that everyone can kind of communicate is, hey, we're going to switch parts here. I kind sure. of fucked to, with you guys for to a certain extent. Right. You know, like you get a classic turns. like guitar headstock lift, yeah, you know? Yeah. I like the folk, uh, <laughs> you stick your foot out when that song's going to end. I like that one. Yeah. But a lot of people don't know that one. But it's like drum rolls. I'm, I'm very into rhythm, so it's like just sort of the, <laughs> the drum rolls on the guitar. James right. plays yeah. drums on the guitar. Yeah, with melody. <laughs> I play more than the key of guh. <laughs> and you, you are also like uh, singing into the sound hole at one point. I yeah, think, uh, I don't know if that was uh, before we started the podcast or not, but I always so say you have uh, some kind of uh, this is it's a it's a weird setup you got going on. It's uh it's uh I love doing the vocal harmony through it. I try and make a, an acoustic guitar sound not like an acoustic guitar. Right on, you know, like yeah, I try working. and make it sound like. <laughs> 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 I mean, it's just straight up an acoustic, and uh, I don't know. I love it, like being able to to mess around and, and just sort of start experimenting with different sounds and kind of getting weird. Like sometimes it's mistake prone and that's what makes it fun, you know, especially sure. with the looping pedal. Right. If you're improvising on a looping pedal and yeah, How but do you I do something really this? bad, it's, it's glaring. So it makes you <laughs> really rethink your approach every, every time through. Well, you're listening though to what everybody else is doing too, while you're, you know, in this situation, you're, you're guiding the, you know, where the song's going, but you're definitely listening to what's going on. Yeah. I met uh, James. I met you at an open mic. You came up and I, I was there with a number of people really playing a different kind of music in general i was sort of slumming with some friends and uh just having a good time and then you were like oh no you should play i'm like okay so i'm playing bass which nothing personal briggs but it's only one note so you know anyway i already called that out <laughs> but normally so here's the thing so i remember so uh, uh normally with me if i can see what the guitar player's hands are doing then you're pretty much okay you know because bass and guitar are built very similarly, and you can figure out what's going on. There's only so many notes, right? Yeah. That kind of thing. But James, being the uh, scamp that he <laughs> is, figured that out pretty quickly this first time. And just as we were starting to play, because I cannot remember what you played, but it was definitely out there. There was a lot of... He does inverted chords, too, where the root <laughs> is on the top. I'm, I'm pretty quick. I can figure yeah. that action. I can do that. Yeah. But... But he's he he would just he just sort of lean over a little bit so that he's standing with his hand away from where I'm playing. So I was like, you know what? I'm up. No, I'm up for this. This will be fine. James has a subconscious sort of 
proclivity towards like being difficult to follow like the other songs it'll be like the change and eh, maybe it'll be eight maybe it'll be four maybe it'll be just <laughs> it's something but it's it's i think that the ultimate thing is uh i think we share a certain intuitive sense and i think we've got a certain uh shorthand in the songs yeah. that we yeah. know so it's yeah. like the the same music that we'll listen to and so you know, da, 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 like we both. Da, would da, know. Da. Yeah, so it's like <laughs> there it is. I mean, to put it in the simplest that's, terms, yeah. like we, yeah, metaphorically, yeah, but metaphorically, uh, that's the musical relationship Eric and I have. Yeah, but no, but what I was what I was getting at was that. So I just started uh, back then. Uh, we're back at the open mic, playing what yeah. I'm going to play, and you kind of were like, okay, and then you flipped over to where I was going, and we went off and did something else too. And yeah. I mean, that's a that's a fantastic thing when people are listening and playing at the same time. Yeah, you know, that's a it's a. It's a trick if it depends. It depends on why people are playing music. A lot of the times artists are playing because they're really going inside themselves. They're presenting what's happening at that moment in their brain. But, you know, other types of musicians are just listening all the time. You know, my type of music is the type that goes deep inside you. Oh, that's so nice. That is so nice, James. That instead of falling deep inside myself. Just extend. That's a, that's, <laughs> I feel warm. <laughs> so how? So obviously you've been doing this for a long time. When did you start doing this? Um, the sub, this sub part. Or I don't know. You, you, me. You, I'll talk about me. <laughs> hey, what's up? <laughs> no, the uh, you talk about the music. I mean, yeah, you know. I'm, I'm like an imbued rhythm guitarist. Like that's. Uh, I've never been sort of the lead player in a band, right? And I've always kind of been uh, the progression. I always like making the progression. But I was always really bad at covers. So I think that kind of helped force me into the, hey, let me just write stuff that everybody can jam. Because right. I never played the covers the right way. Like, it, it's always like, what song was that? I'm like, oh, it was, <laughs> it was the Toadies. And they're like, what? Really? <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? Uh, Did you always play acoustic? No, I've been all over the place. Mostly acoustic. But acoustic's been my baby. This guitar I've had since I was 18 years old. I got my... Um, Describe the guitar, please. It's a Martin Triple Zero uh, 15 with a mahogany top. It's my little baby. Is that, is that a good thing? I don't know. I don't know. I I'm, a, I'm a keyboard player. So they, all yeah. look, they all look the same. I'll put it this way. This little baby has been with me for a while, yes. 18, uh, 16 years. But the uh, it's I've been horrible to it at points in our relationship. Yeah. And it has held me back and fixed itself in our relationship. <laughs> really? <laughs> it's a hell of a bond. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, it, maybe it's the mahogany top. That's yeah, it is. It. I actually know the reason why I split the uh, the mahogany top one time by leaving it out in the cold. I was being a, a, uh, an idiot with my gear. Right oh, in the and car? I, did you leave it in the car? Yeah, uh-huh. and it split the the board. And I'd had it for at that point like at least twelve years. And it's a beautiful guitar, it plays wonderfully. It's always low maintenance and still sounds pretty rad. Has its own thing going because I've like kind of you know warped it in my own way after right, all these right. years. Uh, but the I was so mad at myself, and it made me really come completely rethink my approach. To my acoustic, because at that point I was playing more electric, so it was less uh, less on my mind. And after that occurred, I realized that uh, I needed to go back and, and really hold it and hug it. But I've always been mostly an acoustic and mostly a rhythm player. <laughs> and I've always tried to jam with others. Like I find myself more in situations not in band settings where I'm with a consistent band. Like It has happened, obviously. But in general, my musical upbringing before I got older and started jamming with you know the same groups of people, like with subpar was Alex and Dan. Uh, and then I've jammed with my buddy Joe. Like, there's always people I've always jammed with around circles, but it never has lasted long enough. It was never like a six year run, you know? So it's more like collaborations like Eric and I have that, like, kind of through multiple iterations, we've done stuff together. And even the more recent thing we did was the soundtrack for the movie. 
What so. movie was that? Is the movie out? Yeah, sort of. I mean, it, they're doing contest circle stuff. It was a, a buddy of mine from Maine who does a lot of creative video content, uh, Troy. He and I hooked up, and so he – I'd done, like, sound work for him before in a couple different projects, and he liked the stuff that I did. So the so the subpar co-star recorded stuff. So it was, like, years right. ago. But it's cool. It was, like, I didn't play the instruments, but I got to engineer the sound and, like, lay it out against it. But it was, like, an old, like, George Melier silent film. It was the whole shtick of it. Sure. So, And I don't mean shtick like shtick. It was good. It was right. Like, yeah. It was a conceit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But the uh, – so I got to do the sound editing, and uh, I got to do some really – kind of messed up and sort of like psychedelic animal noises at points because it gets weird because it's an indie film uh, in so a good way. But I sound got to processing. Just, yeah, I got well, to do yeah. some really fun stuff. Yeah. It was cool. Dude, are we talking about the movie? Is, is is it something people can see or? No, not right now, to be honest. Not yet. It was if more you can find like, it, go yeah. check it out. He's doing like film festivals and things. Yeah. But right. It's called, oh, it's right called The Garden 1917. Yeah. Yeah. If you can find it, check it out. The it's, Garden. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. If you see it, James at lo- picked all the songs out for it. If you it see it at a local festival, go see it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I mean, but I mean, is that, is that that's kind of an awesome thing. It was fun. It was neat. But I like projects. Awesome. That's like, you know, it's all collaboration. Anyway, that was Eric and I have been doing stuff for years. And like, that's the most recent thing we just did. But like previous to that, we were jamming in a live right. act in Boston, uh, doing subpar co-star together and recording before that. So. You know, just like multiple things. It's like collaborations more like that rather than like a formal structure. We practice on Tuesdays. We play the gig on Friday. Like it's, you know, it's it's much more of a, uh, I don't know, an artistic. Weird, organic. Yeah. It's just for the love of it. So how does this go when, so do you sit down and say, we're going to record this? Or is this, you, know, you kind of just hit the tape? Well, not tape, you mean but hit the go recording? button and make it happen. You know? yeah. How does that work for you? How do you approach that? Well, it's always been kind of different. The first one, I'll use it. I'll use it through the the gadgets. Uh, I'll use it through the subpart stuff. Gidgets and gadgets was all self-produced, where I did it uh, at night on a laptop by myself. Did all the instruments, like the whole thing. Electric guitar, acoustic guitar, bass. Yeah, it's just all the like, drum programming. Yeah, but it was like so. That was one iteration, and that's what I like. Kind of when I didn't have anybody to play with in my life, so I just like sat on a computer and, and did this. Uh, and then when I started going back out and playing like open mics and live stuff and meeting people again. Um, at that point I hooked up with Eric and then we hooked up with our buddy Adam and we were doing like this three person thing. And so then the next recording was three all, guitars. Yeah. It was three guitars, like live. Like tracks. where's the bass? Where's the drums? It's just three guitars. Yeah. Whoa. You don't have to all be Limp Biscuit. It's all good. No, exactly. No, we were though. We were doing Limp Biscuit covers. <laughs> right on. Get out of faith. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's their best original. The, uh, <laughs> the, uh, but um, so that was really fun. But it was like kind of another weird iteration. It wasn't like the standard, you know, it was three dudes on guitars playing what didn't sound like three dudes on guitars playing like, you know, with all the looping. And then the bass came in. So it's three guitars and a bass. <laughs> yeah, we just People are like, where's the drums? I'm like, we don't need drums. Yeah. <laughs> but do you know drums any? are for losers. We don't, we don't need any, but uh, do, do you know any? <laughs> Anybody free? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, and eventually we met uh, Alex, who then did it. So by that point, that was the third recording. We did a live take at Sally O'Brien's. That's down, that's the thing. Liveness is, yeah. it seems like what you do. I mean, it seems right. like that's part of the thing. Yeah. You know, is that, that responding to the moment, you know? Yeah. I definitely agree with that. I think there's an energy because when you, like, you play in front of people, the energy they emit, and then the whole thing can change. That's why I like sure. it. Malleable music. I'll put it that way. Subpar co-star is malleable music. <laughs> <laughs> you can shape it to fit fit the mood and fit the vibe modular yeah <laughs> right right 
So you said you did a live recording. Was that live like in front of an audience recording? Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. It, was at a, it was like at a bar. It was only like a 80-person capacity maybe. Right, nice. So, but it was, it was like a small bar in, in Somerville that you could get kind of cranked at. We had like the... It was Eric, Alex, Dan, my, and Dan was band. I'm sorry. Dan was on the bass. Uh, Alex was on drums. Eric was, and I were doing our thing like we do. Uh, and that was an awesome recording. That was really fun. Came out really good. Yeah. Some band came. We were doing like poetry, like during the yeah. concert. Like we were like, just do, do like, I would do poetry. Sometimes it was better than other times. It was kind of a, a concept that we were working on, but then we kind of dissolved playing live. Uh, Cause Alex, I moved up here and Alex moved to uh, San mm-hmm. Francisco. So then we've collaborated elsewise. So, yeah, I mean, the live recording thing seems to make sense, mm. you know, but the fun is the next thing that we do um, as we're recording now has been like kind of putting some rough tracks together. Right. And at that point, I've been sending like some little stuff like it's only recently started. I have little kids. Right. They uh, slow you down. Oh, my gosh. But they, they speed you up. But then <laughs> but then you crash with them. <laughs> oh, man. You sleep when they sleep. Yeah. You, you learn that real quick. Uh, but the. uh but so the production is like slower on that, uh, just due to um, sound limitations. Because the obviously I'm doing everything on acoustic, and in the house I don't want to like rip an acoustic right. with like two toddlers sleeping upstairs. It all sounds like got to do it for the music, you know. <laughs> Kids got to learn. Can we go down in the basement? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know yeah. it wasn't my best take. I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when, when the kids are complaining about your takes, you know, yeah, exactly. you're, you're thinking about it too much. Oh man! Oh, it's funny though. No, but they're gonna remember yeah. that. They're gonna know. They're gonna, the, you know, they're, they get to go to sleep with someone playing the guitar. Are you crazy? Yeah. It's so beautiful. Yeah, it can it can be fun. I do stuff with that. My youngest loves it. My oldest doesn't care for my music. <laughs> he doesn't. He's Does he like other music? Yeah, he likes other music. He's he uh, he's he gets, not a fan of you. Not me. No, he loves my wife singing and her violin playing. He actually he said he wanted to play the violin because basically because his mom plays violin he loves it when she plays it yeah so we had to go down to the music shop and see if he was big enough for a violin <laughs> that's rough on a little guy especially because he's a little guy he wasn't big enough no I'm just saying <laughs> violin violins things, are rough like in, you gotta yeah. be this tall to purchase a violin <laughs> yeah you gotta have x arm length gotcha they're yeah. just they're just super delicate you know what I mean yeah. the uh, violins are, are a rough instrument for for a little little people to to just <laughs> awesome you know you can't just kind of riff on it you know sure because you got to really you got to stand the right way and you got to put it the right way and you got to hold the ball the right way and you do everything the right way where you get the saxophone you're like blah, blah, you know get yeah, one of those hard. little first act guitars with a speaker built in yeah, yeah. yeah. That sweet yeah. these just rock all day i'm not saying it's negative obviously there's many many young people have, have brought the violin to the to the to the table but oh yeah but yeah, uh, he, the thing is, when you have the little ones, I'm lucky to have had little ones, and they're not little anymore. But yeah, the the torture of listening to them play their instruments is pretty rough, man. I was the worst trumpet player you have ever heard in your life. It's funny you <laughs> but said I that. I kept up with it for two years yeah. to my parents and family's dismay. It's funny, <laughs> I had it, to go practice yeah, in the backyard. It's funny you said that. It's I used classic. To, yeah, I used to teach. I felt bad. I, I snuck out. I knew I was torturing them. It was so bad. Then when you were in the backyard, you were pissing off the neighbor, probably. Yeah. So. I, at the time, I didn't think about it. I mean, I was like 12. <laughs> well, jazz people call it woodshedding, right? And that's literally because you go right. out to the woodshed, and you that's the only place you can practice without keeping people, you know, driving people crazy, right? Yeah. No, I used to teach little kids, and people, I think, they think the... Forever ago, I did. The, uh, they, I think they think the, you know, like the drums are like, oh, I... I can't get the kid the drums because those are going to be terrible. But honestly, the w- easily the worst one of all is the trumpet. 
Because oh, yeah. you can't play it quietly. Mm-mm. Right? Especially with a little guy. You're going to have to blow a lot of air to get your lips to go, you know, to buzz. Yeah. You can't play quietly. Nope. And you can't play in tune. <laughs> and you can't play a note that isn't going to fly around the house. You're not playing down here. You're just playing over here all the time. It's just someone screaming. <laughs> At all times, easily the worst <laughs> thing to break. If you don't like the music in the house, anything else, drums you can put. You know, you can put towels on them and you can play them as hard as you want. And you know, they're quiet. But drums always thud. Like yeah, if you they're thudder. Yeah. But compared right. to a trumpet, man, that's yeah, the rough imagine. action, man. Yeah. You know. Yeah, we. Uh, it's. I feel so bad for all the parents' bands. I'm sorry, all the parents' basements that we played in. Like when you think about it, if you think about it in your life, the amount of places you've played where you've inconvenienced another person. When you were younger, every yeah. single time, yeah, yeah. absolutely, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, damn." That's kind of what music is, right? Yeah. I see your hands going. You should play one. Go play oh, one. I'm just setting mood music, man. I know. Yeah, you should play one. Go ahead. You want to play? Okay. Yeah, play one. What should we play? Did you actually say what should you play? Yeah. Okay. I thought you were just making this shit up all the way, all the way. Come on, oh, right from the top. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> I'm joking. No, we're not going to do that. I have no idea what that is. <laughs> I don't have my harmonica, but we can do Minuteman Miller. That'd be a fun one. distracted <laughs> there's a lot going on for a second in movement do you guys want to pick it back up yeah all right Ballad of Minuteman Miller Gone down by the redcoats Said I am too old to run today And I walk by his grave every morning Wondering would I do the same If there was no hope for any gain Said it 
Defiantly or defeated I wonder who he said it to His enemies or his friends I wonder why he said it I wonder who he said it to His enemies or his friends His enemies or himself Ballad of Miniman Miller Gunned down by the Redcoats Said I am too old to run today And I walk by his grave every morning Wondering would I do the same There was no proof of anything I'd say Be the ballad of Minuteman Miller's 
got down by the red coast Said I am too old to run today And I walked by his grave every morning Until they ripped it up and threw it away That song actually has a very interesting story behind I wanna it. I want to know it. It sounds like it does. Is this true? Were you walking? Yeah. Did you see a grave? Uh-huh. Is there someone named Miller? Yeah. Could you please tell the story? Thanks. It's on the <laughs> photo to corroborate this <laughs> yeah. story. Have we just covered all the salient points? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. That is that's, Yes, you have nailed all of them. I was living on the edge of a street that had a memorial for private Minuteman James Miller. And that was his quote on the gravestone that was on the street. It was on Washington Avenue, right next to a liquor what, store. What, which, which part was the quote? Yeah, uh, right next to the police station in Somerville, on Washington Ave. No, I, I, the quote. Awesome, but what was the quote? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Go see it, everyone. That actually. <laughs> wait a minute. Right, There's a grave yeah. near the convenience store. <laughs> yeah. Right across the street from like, the convenience store. It's right still on there. The side. Yeah. That's oh, is it one of those things? Is like in the little fenced-in area, and they're like, "We're not going to touch that." But <laughs> it's not even next fenced to this in. It's next to the gym of a condo. Yeah. Wow. Within ten feet of an extra bike. It's the most inconvenient grave in terms of like your tail. It is a memorial. It's not a gravestone. There's no body. Mr. or Miss Miller there? No, no, no. it's not. just I think it's be I think it's just like a yeah. kind of in memory of rather yeah. than here lies right on the sidewalk, like nothing built around it. It's just suddenly like a memorial Briggs, stone. While you're over there, will you grab the bladder. Thanks, appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, no, his dying quote was, "I'm too old to run." Wow. And he was like in his 60s and he was shot in the Bunker Hill or something of that nature in the oh, Revolutionary wait a minute. War. I'm too old to run. I'm staying and fighting. Is that or, what he was or, saying? Or, shit, I'm too old to run. <laughs> you know, like, which no, one was man. it? <laughs> oh, I'm going with A. Yeah, you got to. I mean, obviously. I think but Private Miller was a badass. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm he too was. old to run. Yeah. Yeah. He's not talking about like his yeah. knees hurt and shit. No, I'm too no. old to run. Yeah. No. My it's back. Like, it's like, give me some more powder. <laughs> yeah. No, that, uh, the, but the quote was like one of those things in my mind. It was a dichotomy. It was, is it the powerful, like, I'm, you know, enough of this, like Danny Glover and Lethal Weapon, you know, I'm too old for this shit, you know, kind of like that moment. Or was it, you know, like, oh crap, my physical health, I got to get out of here. <laughs> so I always thought it was the most amazing kind of open-ended quote. And, yeah, uh, then uh, one day it was suddenly gone. Some from gone. column A, some from column B. Exactly. But then one day they, uh, they're doing some development so they ripped it up so then it was like really shocking to me that it suddenly it was gone Wait, and they dug, fucking dug, they, they fucking they the city screw everything no. memorial not here lies yeah. Ah. yeah it just suddenly disappeared for a little bit but they were doing a renovation in a new building and then they put it back out in front i actually sent an email to the city hall about it <laughs> good i was i was pretty nice where is like, he mister yeah. and it's culturally I'm relevant like, yeah I'm like what happened to the tombstone Councilman. <laughs> yeah He's on your Wikipedia page, Somerville. Don't discount him. <laughs> so yes. what happened? Oh, they ended up putting it back after the new development was done. You mean but some different thing? They cut yeah. off the corner of the building, yeah. basically. The, the, instead of it being a square, there's just like a slight corner cut off so they could stick the uh, the, the memory stone mm. there. Yeah. 
This weird concession. Is the stone by itself? No, it's literally like, look, you're walking, there's like a little bit of a wall of a sidewalk, and suddenly there's just a stone, and then it keeps going. Like nothing happened. (laughs) I kind of really want to see this. I want to see this. It's, well, yeah. We'll do a field trip to, uh, well, it's actually, it's on the poster art. If you look at the, uh, the album that's on... Do, do, do. If you look at the album on Bandcamp, it's got a picture. What is the name art. of the album? It's a poster. It was just an EP, but it was okay. the Ballad of Minuteman Miller. Ballad of Minuteman. Yeah, yeah. It was a fun. That was the the adieu to Alex and Subpart when it was the four of us playing. So that's like the representation of the four of us in a studio setting. Right. It was really fun, and the uh, but it was a, like kind of an adieu. We started it before we both kind of took off, but we finished it kind of like really rushed all at once. Like we had one night to get everything else done before we had to like didn't have schedules aligned anymore. Right. So, but uh, it was fantastic. It was super fun. Recording is a funny thing, right? You know, you're you're it, it, you you describe what you do as as almost ethereal. Like it's not it, it's it's not super structured. You're not going. All right, we've gotten this right. Let's just keep doing it. And it's two and eight. Two and eight. Love damn it. it. <laughs> they will love it, right? I mean, and so why? It's a big trying to make questions. My why the, is air? Yeah, that's a, one of the things that we've discovered. Uh, and by we, I mean I have discovered about myself uh, over time with this podcast. I have a tendency to lean towards the big questions, the right? Big questions. So I'm trying to try to focus them a little more. So. Uh, is there an example of a recording where you go and do this and you're like, wow, that recording, okay, now I want to play it that way? I mean, does the recording ever take that kind of gravity or are you just kind of catching it in the moment? What do you think? I'm trying to ask you why you record these. Yeah, it differs on the recording project because some of it's like much more like live and kind of tracked together and some of it's a lot more individually sort of separated and put together. So I feel like sometimes when we do the individual one and kind of add the parts, when we finally get a chance to actually do it in person, it's kind of conformed to what we've already sort of right. laid upon it as an, an idea. But then mm. we like have fun from there. Like, it's not like that's all it is. I've done this now. Um, but it gives it some definite form where sometimes, especially in a recorded setting, cause it's so malleable that in a recorded session, when you're trying to catch that recorded Idealized version form. of it, yeah, you know, like you try and go into, oh, I'll do the live space, but it's a completely different format because I'm going to have to track a whole bunch of stuff individually and separately for various reasons. And like any collaboration will be each individual person, you know, oh, here's a track I laid down on it, which is awesome. I love it. Don't get me wrong. But the the energy of that is not this. It's not four dudes sitting in a room with instruments on them and standing up and, you know, ready to jam if the jam should. uh, Yeah. uh, We did a lot of live stuff on the last EP. Like, yeah, it was See, live that, with a little tracking over it. Yeah, that's the, that's that's kind of where I'm going with. Yeah, this, we had like right? a rushed like weekend to do it all, so we just tracked the uh, all the rhythmic stuff basically within like a day, and then any overlays we did like did the next day, so it like was streamlined. How but do you know? Life. How do you know it's good? How do you know like if you're? <laughs> I'm the worst person <laughs> to ask. <laughs> really? Oh yeah, the uh, I I can easily overdo it, and I hit a point where I just say, "This is it." We've done it, <laughs> you know. Like it just at a certain point, like maybe it could be better. Maybe it could be. It's for the remix album. Yeah, <laughs> maybe there's like moments of it that are like lacking. It could, you know, it could spend time going back and fixing this side or the other. But overall, the personality has been caught 
in a way that will f- sound good listening back to it. You don't want to get mired down in like nuance. Yeah. Like, is that one? Should I have gone ah or uh, yeah. like it's, uh, it's well, I mean, you're talking about like that last point oh oh two percent. It's like right. it's done. Yeah. It's you know. But that but that's kind of what I'm getting at. I mean, it's easy to go objectively. This could be more in tune or something, right? Yeah. And then subjectively, that was awesome. Yeah. And so. I mean that was awesome. Always wins, though, right? No, that's should, ex- that's anyway. exactly the point, right? And I, I mean, that was I, awesome. I mean, let's put a, a tambourine yeah, on. Yeah. Oh wait, no. Let's tune it and then yeah, yeah. fix it and clean. Well, we didn't you do know, a lot of Remove the breaths and you know. Yeah. No, I mean uh, because it's hard because it uh, sometimes in a recording situation, it, look if one person's running it and go, I wrote all these parts. Come in, play these parts awesomely. Yeah. This will be great. You're talking like fun. Brian Wilson style? Like, yeah, I mean, that you kind of thing. do this and it'll right. be awesome. Yeah. Right. Well, it sort of like becomes a singular vision of the original artist and you, you know, the original artist can't play the drums so they get a drummer, that kind of thing. But this doesn't feel like this at all. This feels very temporal. It feels really like the moment. Well, this is, uh, this is one of the big comedic jokes to a certain extent on, on a big level. A big question for you. <laughs> Thanks. The, uh, the subpar co-star moniker, I didn't create the name. My best friend, uh, Joe Tringali, came up with the, the name for, a, uh, it was like for a song and uh, we played it for a while, like kind of very, we all, we've always played together, playing together since we were kids. So it's just one of those lifelong music partners, you know? Yeah. We've done some really awesome projects together. So but you, you guys played together as kids? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. We, I'm like, gonna basically bookmark, like, we'll bookmark up. that. Let's go on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first drummer I ever played with. And he, we, you know, you have that kinship of like knowing each other since like, you know, 12 sure, years old. Sure. And he, he named the instrument. What's he, up? he named the band. He inadvertently named the band. He named that for a song that was a different project at the time. And then uh, when I kind of ended up doing the solo stuff for a bit, I was just like, I wanted a moniker. I didn't want to go by my own name. Uh, just because it's kind of amorphous and I wanted to keep it amorphous and I thought if you layered it down with a name like hey it's my name this is this is my project the James Force project yeah but like so much of it is improvised by so many people who join in on that particular project at that particular moment in time that kind of keeping it amorphous and sort of having more of a collaborative that kind of has the ability to be very you know interchangeable as 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 the seasons progress sure (laughs) sure 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 you know, but always welcome and there's like, you know, it's not a, a linear path. It's a lot of dart backs and, you know, it's very fun in that regard. It's like the songs exist in their own sort of state. And there's, you know, they're most realized by James because they're his songs. And there's, I think, probably somewhat idealized forms that kind of evolve over time. Like yeah. this song will maybe get an extra long part here, or change here. But I think... uh there's a there's a certain aesthetic that sort of makes it kind of easy to lock into if you're able to pick up on that sort of thing and it's yeah. it's fun to go along for the ride. Yeah. It's sort of like there's some open-ended parts. On the studio stuff the the much like jamming live and doing the looping pedal right. and kind of like having fun with that. The uh in a studio setting I'm I'm just the same. Like you give me the ability to track and track and track and track. I will track and track and track and track. And it's going to be various as, you know, it can get kind of inane, maybe kind of weird. Right. Like, ah, that could totally work. But, you know, you're just kind of getting out there into studio land. Um, <laughs> there's a wild, wild turkeys in my backyard. I'm going to record it. <laughs> well, <laughs> but, why not? Yeah, I know. I'm going yeah, to use that. They have, they have really big, noise. Really yeah, big claws. Record it. Super big claws. <laughs> they have a big claw. Yeah, I don't want to attack them. Yeah. We have their rogue band packs of them it's it's impressive do you record on behalf of the people that are going to be listening or do you even or how do you fit onto that scale do you ignore the idea that this is going to be listened to uh to a certain extent 
I mean, not uh, ignore it, but sort of a, you just do what you do. And it's kind of at the, the point I am with writing songs and being musical and, and playing live and playing with different people. I'm more interested in this stage of my life of just jamming out and meeting a bunch of people who are who are equally comfortable with their instruments. And it's just like the conversation. It's just a conversation between instruments. Right. So there is a social aspect to what yeah. you're saying. Like you are you keep saying collaborative. You, yeah. know, you keep saying finding other people. And, sure. and, and so Subpar Co-Star people. is like that secondary role. Like I've like always grown up again as a rhythm guitarist. So in my thought, I've never been the dude taking the lead. So I've always left a lot of room with nuances to direct it, but a lot of room for many people to join in. And with it's not like I'm laying down a, a riff by poison where you got to be with me or it's not going <laughs> to sound good. You know, it's it's kind of like you mean poison the band. Yeah, poison okay. the band. It's uh, you know, it's gonna unskinny it's, bop. Yeah, yeah, classic you. riff. I hate to tell people, but we do not sound as much like Poison as previously advertised, which is... Too bad. Yeah, I I apologize. Did they also do the song Cherry Pie? I think that's so. Warrant. No, that's Warrant? I don't is, know. Is Poison the one that has the uh, guitar player who has the funny name? C.C. DeVille. No, Janie Lane. No, that's Warrant. Again. <laughs> and Janie Lane's a singer. Duncan, that's on, unwarranted, dude. man. Are they yeah, the one exactly. with the with the guy named Sebastian who has the really long hair? No, he has a really good That's voice. That's Skid Row, right? Uh huh. He used to have Correct. the best voice ever. He oh, did. Yeah? <laughs> That's so funny. As Not advertised. Anymore. As Not advertised. Anymore. So, I, I you know, uh, sorry to to pull the bookmark so early, but uh, yeah. you were you in a band when you were really young? You're saying, uh, yeah, but like a the garage, you young like garage eighteen, band. young or like really young. Uh, varying levels. <laughs> I'm, is that, so, so I think what Duncan is getting at here is what was the All name right, of that so band? The first, we got to know the name. <laughs> the first band I was in was like, you know, a little kid band. So not that one. The first band I was in, I'll, I'll go with Seraph. It was my first time. It was like 18 jamming with, uh, Oh, it's yeah. I see what's going on. Being silly, he does. It was, it. No, uh, it's good. I got it. No, so the, the looping pedal is picking up what we're saying. Yeah. Parts of it. But then it's like repeating certain segments back at us. Right. At a certain vibe. We have a studio audience, everybody. That's awesome. <laughs> and it's us. So what was the name, <laughs> of, the, so what was the name of the band? Uh, that one was called Seraph. Uh, it was a... No, uh, no. Is that with a PH at the end? Yeah, with a PH at the end. Like as opposed to Sans Seraph? As a pa- oh, no, yes, as opposed no, to... S-E-R- yeah. Yeah. No, it's yeah. S-E-R-A-P-H. Gotcha. Yeah. Like Seraphim? Yeah. Yeah, and that lasted yeah. like in all iterations. Live performance was never big. It was always in someone's bedroom backwards. Or uh, do you remember the first time you actually like, played with a band yeah, in front of an audience? Yeah, Sad Cafe in Plasto. Sad Cafe comes out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Did you sign the wall? <laughs> yeah, I think. Okay, so. you bust that. Uh, yeah. Old school Muse podcast. <laughs> that was you just threw it all, all the way back. The Sad Cafe, one of the greatest places ever <laughs> yeah. for your particular age group, sort of, you know, yeah. um, that generation. Was, that yeah. was the certainly place. a place that you could play. Yeah. <laughs> but you got no a board mix. statement has ever yeah. been said. You got a board mix. Uh, you could, yeah, you, you got could. a board mix you and could, people yeah, could come see you and it wasn't someone's like basement or living room. Right. You know, it was awkward. Relatively it was like a, safe. I mean, yeah. To be fair, it was still kind of awkward at the second. Super awkward. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And at that stage, playing live, I was terrible because I was at that point in my life where it's like, it has to be played this way. You know, it's still in that stage of music. Were you playing electric guitar? Yeah. But I've a- always had acoustic. So, Did you have a chorus pedal? 
Yes. Is it on all the time? <laughs> uh, certain songs. Other songs, no. <laughs> Good. Good. That classifies yeah. as uh, some of the time. Yeah, some, some of, of the, the time. time but sometimes it'd be the whole song. I'd overdo it for a song. Mm. And uh, I, I like limited amount of pedal use because I no, can I, overthink I understand. things. No, it's just, you know, young people, sad cafe, you're like, chorus pedal. Well, no, gotta you have the chorus a pedal. pedal. You gotta use it. You gotta it. have it. it. All right, you, like as long, bucks, I know you bought man. it, yeah. right? Or Someone you spent one. that yeah. money. As long as it was like a boss pedal of some sort. Because yeah. a lot of the kids I used to know were all much heavier players than myself. Right. So it was all like distortion pedals. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, two distortion pedals is twice as distorted, so it's that's true. obviously twice as good. So. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, I mean, two pedals is twice as good as. What one was the pedal. name of the band that played at the side cafe? That was Seraph. It was the same one. Yeah. Man, that band was hot. Yeah, guys... they were. They were on the move. Yeah. They were on the move, and then uh, the drummer was going to, I want to say Berkeley. Yeah. For music, I don't know particular we kind of lost touch mm. it was it was a it was probably a year in total that it existed and it did a couple live shows including some backyard shows that yeah. were kind of like a comedy of errors <laughs> but you know first band comedy of errors stupid shit that like nowadays i'd be like whatever let's do it you know right. like given the circumstances aren't ideal whatever let's so make one of the happen. things that that has been coming up that i i maybe to, to piggyback on the band name trend here sure. usually those kind of bands break up in some sort of awesome fashion or they just fall to pieces you know people no. stop calling oh you want the good one that fell yeah, apart yeah please thanks oh let me give you that one. <laughs> oh, let me give you that one that was death and the dance machine that was Wait, a fun what? band what was it called death and the dance machine that's wow. a great that is again great a joe logo joe tringali original great band dude, name dude had the best uh dude Eric, has you the involved best in any of this for... stuff this, no? is, this is before i was before even you were there this yeah. is pre eric <laughs> this yeah. is right before Eric. I was still down in Florida back then. Yeah. Oh. I have your the question's coming to you in a minute. Go ahead. <laughs> do you want the do you want the death, yeah, the, death, the death the of death machine. and the dance machine? Uh this is uh very looking back it's funny and it's a great story. Uh but the uh the lineup of it was a keyboard, bass, guitar and drums. Keyboard playing like what? Cuz keyboards are really, you know, <laughs> oh, what a perfect question. Uh ska? No, not ska. It was it was like an upbeat, poppier, distorted version of what I do. Okay. Um, with other people leading it as well. Like the, just my input was that. Like other people's input was obviously totally. The drummer had awesome dance beats and, and stuff yeah. of that nature. So it was very upbeat and very like, yeah, let's rock and roll um, in a fun indie fashion that was right. kind of early Weezer-esque. Okay. Yeah. So, but the, uh, but the night that we broke up, um, four piece, the keyboard player... Um, and uh, ourselves separated one night in New York. <laughs> Wait. So we were young in the career. We were playing down in New York, uh, and we were, had playing been playing making... in New York. Uh, when you yeah. come from up here, yeah, is an awesome thing. Yeah, yeah. We we got a couple of gigs down there and went down and had some fun playing. Was it uh, kind of you play a place? It was a pass a hat kind of place, or were you playing? Yeah, it was what, like... or twelve bands in one night kind of place. Like what? <laughs> what was the? What was the it was like setting? the pass the hat. There was a, a different shows were different. You know, different shows were different blows. Right. A certain a thing. Some of them uh, were like the a whole bunch of bands on at one night. And, oh my god, you got to do it fast because right. we double booked the slot or something. Yeah, classic. But then uh, some of the other ones were a lot more like just sort of much more relaxed and only three bands playing for the night. Right. Um, depending on the bar, we had a really fun bar in the Upper East Side that was like kind of our home bar that we kept diving into whenever we showed awesome, up. Awesome, man. But the, uh, I'm trying to think of what the name of it was. But anyway, so we played New York a, a number of times. And so this one particular evening uh, when we were down in New York, uh, the keyboard player, his 
father lived in town, so he had the we were all crashing at his father's place basically. Right. And then we had to hit Connecticut the next night on on the way home in the space. And then we were coming back to Boston. Right. So it was like, you know, a weekend of shows. This is awesome. Yeah. It was this is the most live band I was ever in. It was it was a lot more adventurous than previous. A lot of drinking stories. Um <laughs> not in like a horrible way, but just in stupid ways. Yeah. Like kind of that like dumb things that happen. Uh, when no one no one gets hurt, obviously. Oh, when you're in the band, you're not a civilian anymore, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You get to do whatever you need yeah. to do. So the uh, there had been uh, some back and forth in regards to certain, yeah, being abandoned a while, being on the road a little bit, tensions are raised. You know, people are getting pissed off over things. And so the keyboard player and the, the band, we had a disagreement over the fact that uh, the bassist and I forgot exactly where we parked the car because we didn't get parked close enough to the, the club. So after Ooh. we played, we were hunting the streets in New York for this car. And it's taking like a long time. And we're like, you know, oh, shit. And, you know, like supposedly the guys are sitting out front with the gear. And we're like, oh, shit. You know, and it's taking 30 minutes. It's 40 minutes. And we can't find the damn thing. And then we end up finding the car getting back. Um, and so the whole time the keyboard player was sending like, what the hell? I can't believe you do this. Yada, yada, yada. All pissed off. Like, you know, you're leaving us out here and we're just sitting with the gear and everything of that nature. So we show up at the club and the keyboard player is nowhere to be seen. But the drummer, who's my best friend, uh, Joe again, uh, was still there with the gear. And he's like, I don't know where he went. You know, he went home, basically. And so uh, he had been sending us all these nasty texts over stupid stuff. And he's like, well, you, you, you know, you, you're so forgetful. I can't believe you. And then he forgot a bag <laughs> of his <laughs> at oh, the club. No. And oh, so we had to get it. But we were going yeah. out to smoke a hookah bar with a friend. And we'd made the plans a while ago. So it was like, we're doing this. Right. And so he went home, bitched us out, and then said, come pick me up because I forgot my bag. <laughs> Okay. And we were like, keyboard players. Yeah. It was like, no, that's not happening. He's like, well, then you don't have a place to sleep tonight. Oh, bam. Me so now out. we're in New York at like Claws 1 a.m. after a gig with supposedly, maybe it was an empty threat. I don't know. Looking back all this time, right. maybe it was overreactions on everybody's part, like culminated to a just maybe. a stupid night. Sounds like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, probably. Right. But so receiving, <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. There's a, you know, it was late at night in New York at a hookah bar at 3 a.m. You know, not the most logical thoughts happening. So you guys didn't go to his house? We did not. Uh, we slept on the streets of New York in cars, <laughs> spooning wow. the three of us, the bass uh, player, the drummer, and myself, and the drummer couldn't handle it and sat in the, <laughs> sat in the driver's seat like all night wide awake. <laughs> At least he had a car, though. He didn't have to sleep on like one of those warm grates that blows up like gross-smelling air. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, memories. Yeah. He's got a he's got a funny memory from that night. Uh, I wasn't awake for it. I was sleeping spooned with a bass player in the back seat of an SUV in downtown Manhattan. Uh, but the uh, he was he couldn't sleep, so he went out and bought like a a rose on a bamboo stick. I have no idea why it was four a.m. in New York. Well, it was probably about the only thing you could buy on a street outside <laughs> nowhere in New York. Light it on fire to At stay 4 warm. Four a.m. Yeah. yeah. A so rose on a bamboo stick. That's, yeah, it was okay. like one of those, like you know, uh, little. You see them all the souvenir, time. Souvenir, yeah, yeah. And uh, so he was just sitting there in the car when he got back, and this other car pulls up out of nowhere, slams on the brake, and like four guys jump out, and they're frantically searching, like in all directions, like under cars, like looking for something. And so one of them sees that Joe's sitting there in a car, wide awake, and he looks at me and goes, "Hey, man, have you seen like a cell phone that we dropped?" <laughs> And Joe had been up all night in New York holding a rose and a bamboo stick. And he just turns and looks at him. And he's like, man, I ain't seen shit. <laughs> <laughs> the guy, 
guys. Oh, I'm sorry. This is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> but the guys who are on the street looking for the cell phone um, were like, the one who heard Joe turns to the other three friends who are frantically searching. He turns and goes, hey, this guy hasn't seen shit. <laughs> Well, he had jump back in the car and drove the fuck away. He hadn't seen shit. I know exactly. I was gonna say, like they took this word for it. Yeah, I mean, well, if he had seen shit, he would have said that he saw shit. (laughs) Buy apps and shit. Yeah, Yeah. and And, uh, I just wanted to get my elevate score higher. It was amazing. It's so funny. So the uh, (laughs) so anyway, that was the end of the keyboard player. He we stopped playing with them at that point. It was Mm, just too uh, bad. Yeah, but that was the dramatic way he quit. And then we played a show in Connecticut the next night without our keyboard player. And the way it was structured is he was more of the lead instrument than the rhythm instrument. Yeah. Like he had like the leads. So he drove a lot of songs. So we had to rethink uh, certain, like what would sound good as a three-piece versus, because we were suddenly now going to have a totally different vibe playing these songs in yeah. front of people and never having practiced it before. Yeah. The keyboard player is always a strange addition. I'm saying this from the point of view of the, the keyboard player. I, I mean, realistically, most bands do not need a keyboard player. You know, <laughs> I mean, Aerosmith puts the keyboard player under the stage. So, you know, at least the guys in the Foo Fighters are like, you can stand over there. But, you know, like, like there are many bands where the keyboard player, oh, we need him for that one song about the astronaut and how I'm never going to see you again. You know, that kind of thing. Because the keyboard guitar player doesn't want to stop and play, you know. But yeah, obviously some bands, obviously yeah. keyboards important, but but most of the time it's not. Yeah. Also, can't compete on volume level. Foh guy either loves the keyboard uh, front of house, either likes the keyboard player and makes them louder than everybody else, which also is not good. Even the keyboard player doesn't want that. Depends or they hate the keyboard player. No, no, player. no. It depends on the keyboard player. We had a keyboard yeah. player who wanted to hear himself above all else. Like he was a good player. He's very talented. Yeah. But it was, and you know, it just. That became yeah. the conflicting point. When I say like tempers were raised, there was reasons they had raised, but yeah. he uh, he was very overly concerned about the. Uh, well, well, I mean, it's hard because you know. I mean, all the drummer has to do is lean into the cymbals and it's over for the keyboard <laughs> player. You know, it really is. I mean, the funny thing is, it started the other way. I think. I mean, if you go way way back, you go look at people like Jerry Lee Lewis. The guy who's playing the guitar with Jerry Lee Lewis is playing on a like a three watt amplifier, right? I mean, if they're playing electric at all, right? I mean, that's these early electric guys, you know, and nobody's in there with the 50 watt Marshall or or anything like that. The early Fender, really early Fender stuff was even then later. I mean, you're literally playing through nothing. And the piano players are just going clang, clang, clang and filling the whole room. Then finally, the electric guitar player comes along and goes, oh, I got some watts. That's it. Piano's gone forever. You know, <laughs> there's always a place singing. for it. It has it has its own place. Everything has its own place. Yeah. Not every song needs piano. Not every uh, piano plays well to a song. Right. But there's always, you know, at certain points, there's certain lines that'll fit. You know, I mean, you can get weird with it and be like, oh, <laughs> the only thing that would fit here is Gregorian chant. I swear. Right. It's the only it's the only direction this song can go. Yeah. It's <laughs> kind of those are kind of personality based decisions sometimes. <laughs> no, sometimes it's the right and only part that can go to a song. I need a clarinet. <laughs> yeah. Now. It's a Gregorian chant and clarinet piece that I've, I've conceived. Right. <laughs> I got a keyboard player for that. I listened to I listened to three Gregorian chant songs just yesterday, and I think I've got it. Well, that's the worst part is that the keyboard player ends up being you know the the, the utility Playing infielder. Else, right? yeah. No, and you're like, okay, if you really wanted a Gregorian chant clarinetist, 
this keyboard is not going to sound like that. So we're going maybe a cartoon version of this. Out of the At gate best. of the deficit, yeah. So if this isn't ironic in the first place, you're basically fucked. So, you know. Yeah. In the moment, though, if you need a reasonable facsimile. No, I've, I, I'm too old for that shit. Fair enough. Oh, call that. Uh, I'm too old to play flutes on my <laughs> keyboards. No, it's actually a joke. Yeah, you got to play it on the on yeah. your MIDI pickup on the guitar. No, my, my, <laughs> one, of, one of the bands that I sat in with a couple of months ago, I, I, I going in, I listened to their record, and there was a whole bunch of actual great. Somebody's going off on the flute. And I'm like, hey, are you going to get a, a, a flautist for the, uh, you know, is that part of the band? Because I didn't think it was part of the band. They're a smaller band. And the dude's like, no, 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 no. And I'm like, I'm not playing the flute parts. Yeah, right. He's like, no, that's cool. All right. Meaning like, I'm going to try to convince you a week from now after dude, you dude. forget. We're a flute I'm rock like, band. No, You're no. the lead. No, and I'm not, and I'm, is the motivation. And I'm, and I'm not playing them on a Mellotron sample oh. either of a flute. Which is a sample of an instrument that has tapes of people playing the flutes. Dang. No. Keyboard players are so difficult. I'm a revolutionary, yeah. No, <laughs> just get a flute and play it, you know? Yeah. yeah. I never. I hope I never got to that level. It was, it was usually with the people I played with. It was always, it still had that, you know, it had structure, but it had like a, you know, have fun with it. Yeah, I'm not, yeah. I'm not talking about you I at think all. you were. No. You a never bit, maybe a little bit. <laughs> uh, we played on a co- we played a couple open mics together, and you've never asked me to play the flute sample on my keyboard. Next so. time, I you used to, up to that. When I was uh, in college, I played with a, a very talented uh, flautist, yes. and uh, that was a really fun experience. Playing with a flute player, everything becomes a flute song. I will admit, and I was playing acoustic at the time, so it was like, you know, is is easy. The flute is sort of like a bass that only plays two octaves of notes, and they're all higher than your voice. Yeah, and they that's all very basic. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> right. It's, it's entirely bassy. I see it carries the rhythm really. No, what I mean is it's only one note, and it only plays it only plays two octaves. We don't have a drummer. We use the flute player for the percussion. Imagine if the keyboard was only two octaves long, like a, a piano, like an upright piano. That. Like you've it got would be like, like six feet high. I mean, look at your little guy. And you were four playing. feet deep. Yeah, and two and a half feet wide. <laughs> It would only have 24 little notes, two little octaves of notes, oh. and the strings are still have to be really long. You, right? You'd have to take it like really seriously when you played it, like overly seriously. Like, this You're is my like, instrument. Yes. <laughs> like, this uh, is no, it's all wide. No, no, no. <laughs> they, uh, on the previous song, when I pulled out the little Jamar, that, that by the way, that's an original Jamar. Oh, original Jamar toy looks, piano. Yeah, looks, original Jamar toy piano. It's very chiming. Um, that has two and a half octaves. That has more notes than a flute does. Well, that's why you call a keyboardist then, and why I you mean, gotta be so I hard mean, about it. You know, yeah. we wanted the flute player, and you can do it. Do and I'm being I'm being mean to the flautist. I mean, the truth is, the keyboard player always always jealous of of the of people who play wind instruments because you know keyboard players like walk up to a machine and like hit it with their fingers, right? But a flautist actually <laughs> breathes the their own literal human essence into the actual instrument. They're like. <sighs> metaphor come to life yeah it is like really their voice you know it's it's not a machine yeah no i agree it's an amazing thing to be able to play with it's it's not an instrument in depending on your uh the setting of music that you do the professionality of it the types of projects that you work on right. you know you may like be with the flute every day and they're like yeah i mean i guess but you know, <laughs> every day is kind of annoying <laughs> you know, <Right>. like, <laughs> you know you but know, at the same time like yeah. you know it's it's that rare 
it's that rare stallion that gallops occasionally through a musician's life. That's the problem. Yeah. And then you're like, hey, keyboard player, remember when I was 19 and I had that song with a flute? You need to play that yeah. flute part. <laughs> And no. it's this particular line, and don't mess it up. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, I, I get that completely. Uh, it's unfortunate that that happens. But then, you know, the, the flip side to that is that sometimes you try and incorporate those, like, rare stallion instruments into things that they have no business being involved in. You're like, oh, I never get a chance to play with a theremin player. This will be awesome. <laughs> and then you jam theremin with them, and you're like, none of my songs are really adjusted to this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it'd be fun. I'd have a blast sure. of it. But it would the Star also... Star Trek theme for an hour and a half. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I was just going to say the yeah. same thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <And> nice work. <laughs> what else are you going to do? What so, else are you going to do? James so, has a theremin, full disclosure. Yeah. Do you? <laughs> I do. I also I, have I one. built it. Eric and I built it together in his shop. He works at an organ shop. Really? Yep. <sighs> Right on. Yeah. Oh shit! I was gonna say with flutes. I mean, there are like there's a lot of flute stops, and that's not entirely digital or sampled. That's actually wood, but yeah. that's a whole nother pipe yeah. organs. Yeah. Organs My these f- days are level upon level. <laughs> yeah, they're like onions. So yeah. like the the <laughs> the original, the early pipe organ. Man, you tie that into you know European um, European Manifest Destiny rigs. Uh, you know, expansion. You tie it into religion. You a lot. You get these small groups of people who, you know, move away from their particular form of the religion, and they establish a new town. Mm-hmm. The first thing they're building, of course, some walls to protect themselves from the animals, the wolves, and the other people and stuff. But they're building that church, mm-hmm. right? And they're building that church around the pipe organ because that's the fucking thing. And yeah. They were powered by water, right? I mean, or slaves. Some, but, some, I mean, you know. some water. But, I mean, usually, no, they're volunteers. There's no shortage of, like, young boys in the church that can volunteers. go and work the That's bellows. what we call them, yes. But, I mean, now now we've, you know, there's, like, jet engines, basically. That no, I know. Work, now it's but, different. Oh, but, but it yeah. used to be, like, they'd have, like... Looking at one the other day, it had two kids who would basically jump up and down. It's like a hamster wheel, but yeah. you yeah. throw some kids in there to yank the shit. Like a fireplace bellows. Yeah, two yeah kids like a bellows. Yeah, these gigantic bellows back and but forth. But we the, moved from the child labor into jet engines. Right on. Yeah, so that's where that, that's where yeah. organs have gone. If you weren't paying attention, Is that how planes work. Too? <laughs> they just have Indian <laughs> yeah. kids make them over and then yeah. jet engines. Have you uh, have you have you checked out the the organ at the Phillips Church? I don't know if you. Or did you come up here? Actually, we used to do. We used to tune uh, one of the the organs in Exeter. I I I, I, I could find out what. No, it's one e- it's either the giant one in right. the unbelievable stone church that has the ridiculously unbelievable you know stained glass, or one of the other churches in Exeter, <laughs> or, or the other. I think ones. it's one of the yeah. other churches. Yeah, I mean there are probably four or five pipe organs in Exeter, but uh, this is Exeter, New Hampshire. The, yeah. the the town with multiple schwa vowels in their in their name. Yeah. I never know how to say Exeter or Exeter. Or, I don't know how to do Exeter. that. Exeter. Yeah. Well, then it wouldn't be a schwa Christ vowel, but yeah. Christchurch. Yeah. yeah. That's a nice organ here, but no. The one in you uh, if you have a, if you have an opportunity to actually I can make that if you're up here, I can make the opportunity for you. Okay. This is just off the chain. 
Hmm. It's crazy. Okay. It's, it's Literally, they took the chains the out about like two years ago. Yeah, they're they're just the they're off the chain. Right off. Yeah. They, they just but, went without it. It's just more no, of a polycarbon fiber now that they use. Fascinating. Sucks good stuff, man. So, uh, <laughs> while we're here, while we're working on it, you you said, you know, you obviously must have started, Eric, you must have started playing when you were younger as well. Yes. What were some of those early band experiences like for you? Uh, so... I had a friend who had a guitar back when we were like 14 uh, and like didn't really know how to play or do like fret notes so we would just tune the strings to the notes we needed. Type oh, of that thing. is so like, good. B52 styles. Yeah. And then kind of like learned, uh, got a first guitar, which was, this is actually the very first guitar I ever got. I've had this one for uh, like could, 24 years could you now. Describe right that? On. Uh, it is, a, it, it's, it's some weird mutt Fender, it's a Fender Squire too. Oh, I love that shit. And there's no serial number, and oh, it's not, it's it's the heaviest guitar I've ever held. It's, you have like a, I'm looking at it. It's black with like mother of toilet seat like, on yeah, there. Exactly. It's really yeah. good. <laughs> and, uh, I replaced. I'm that is saying that shit. with love, by the way. It's got it looks lip, like lipstick the guitar from Alanis Morissette's old thing. <laughs> It looks awesome. It's a great guitar. And then I've got it's got a rosewood neck. And, uh, and, yeah. Eric and I, I usually I only play Alanis Morissette. And <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. Uninvited's a beautiful song. I don't <laughs> care what anyone says. She's a national treasure. <laughs> but uh, and then uh, I, I we got we started a band back then. What was the band name? Um, that was Thing Two. I'm going to jail for this, thing by the way. Two. You know this. Thing Two. Thing One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, it's getting creepy at this point. And that was. A four-piece uh, sort of thing. We like won Battle of the Bands. And oh that, and snap! Did that? How did you win Battle of the Bands? Was it because By being you, awesome? Did you play only songs that everybody knew, or was it a dance thing, or was it totally different than everything else? It was. It was at so a. Uh, it was win. like a religious school. Nice. Father Lopez yeah. school, and it was uh, like a bunch of local bands kind of did it. Yeah. Um, and then it had judges, and then the judges voted on. Yeah. But it was just—I mean, it, it was, uh, yeah. Like at the end, we kind of just like you know did a kind of breakdown of a song, and then like feedback, and like you know knock it over the amplifier. Awesome, classic. Know, very yeah. angsty teen. Uh, we got an offer from Atlantic Records to to have a record oh, deal. But at that point in time, I was like. You know, Atlantic, that's that's Led Zeppelin's label. They would never give us the proper representation or, like, you know, sort of, like, the amount of So you're saying right, you, right. you didn't overthink it. Well, yeah, yeah. So I, I turned them down. I was like, no, no, no. We're going we're gonna to wait for some smaller boutique label, which never came along. So. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, well, you know. So. Did you actually do a showcase? No, it was just... just through playing local type yeah. stuff and no, I mean because right because a lot of the times uh, those kind of those kind of labels would would ask you to go to New York and play at two a.m. in some underground thing and there's like twelve you know label guys right. and that are people come, around it. come to come to New York at two a.m. And, and play we're all gonna be there to no but I mean that's actually kind of how it <laughs> would work I think yeah this, this right. one's so bit two dozen. <laughs> and so the they, were, okay. they were looking for they the next looking, big teenage sure. band, right. so I think they had yeah. people like maybe scouting sure. like Battle of Bands and like right. younger. What was that band name? Silverchair. Yeah. Like uh, you wait till tomorrow. Fat boy. Fat, Fat boy. boy. Yeah. Right. yeah right. They did that. Yeah. Pure mass 
Massacre! Right, yeah. 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 They were on Matador, right? They were on Madonna's label. I right? think so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so a, what, there's a classic example of a tiny little boutique label owned by Madonna. Well, <laughs> a bunch of good bands were on oh, that Oh, there's label, no though. argument. Oh, I know. But it's is it Matador or Maverick? Matador. I got that right? Ma- I think it might be Maverick. 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 Let's start with them. Yeah. Matador yeah. is different. No, one. what? I'm sorry. I made yeah. yeah. Right. So this the is frog, all for the frogs you. But, but you're Matador. But yeah. your your band name at the time is the same the whole time. That was thing too. Yeah. Yeah. Just and then um, and then in college, uh, the band broke up because two of us went to school and we still jammed there. Awesome. We would do like acoustic versions of Nine Inch Nails songs and things. Yeah. And then yeah. I'd have my I had my sitar, so we'd kind of like mess around. But would they be playing like proper sitar? Or yeah, guitar like, sitar, like a proper sitar, a proper yeah, sitar, right like playing Rage Against the Machine covers nice. of acoustic guitar and sitar. Uh, and then the way it was originally written, exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I'll uh, get the sitar. I got an idea. All right, I played with a guy. <laughs> it's a rap. Yeah, but. Uh, I played with a guy down there, and then uh, we're like, you know, we're going to do something with music, man. So we're like, you move to Austin, Texas, or Boston, because Boston's where the Pixies came from, and like all those other bands, well, there's it, colleges It is kind of true, yeah. Right. And then we, yeah. so we moved up there, and then he ended up moving out to Colorado, and then... Uh, where event- John Denver comes from? Exactly. <laughs> and I found James at an Named open mic, the and did yeah. a couple, recorded a couple of albums myself. James yeah. recorded some bass on... Uh, my album yeah. and, uh, we've been collaborative in every regard like he'll have a project and I'll I'll try and throw my musical abilities wherever I can yeah now yeah. I play drums in a band called Nest what piece. yes really how long have you been playing the drums four months Woo! <laughs> that's awesome and I'm a right? beast man yeah? yeah do you get tired yet I mean, no like, not really like Good for you uh, no shit I, I, I actually didn't mean that in a snarky way at all <laughs> no no oh, it's like jumping from any other instrument in the band to drums you realize, like, oh shit, oh, this so is hard. like, this is actually actually Physically tiring, demanding. right? <laughs> My bandmate <laughs> jokes that I have an infinite infinite energy cheat. Like, this I just awesome. Like, right on. That's why I ask because most of the time people go over and they'll do it for a little while. They're like, uh, yeah, I gotta like commit seven to this. minutes in, like yeah. maybe two songs. Yeah, next. you're like by the time, and this one's yeah. like, let's do two, two encores. And you're like, God damn it, yeah. Let's do it, you no. know. Well, it, and and I kind of jumped in the deep end because I ended up getting a double bass like right off the wow. bat. So it's like you know, there was one time where I was a double playing. bass with. So you have three pedals or two? Well, two kick pedals and then a hi hat. Yeah, so, so I mean, a yeah. total of three pedals. Yeah, so I was like, and at a certain point, my legs just kind of like they couldn't move anymore. Yeah, cramped up. It was just like ah, you know. But did you have to switch from like bouncy bouncy to like heel down? I used to kind of go between heel down and heel up, but I'm pretty much heel up all like, the time. Yeah, just, yeah. And I play, I play the heaviest, <laughs> biggest sticks I can find. So I just do. You, kinda... Do you hit the kick pedal so that the so that the batter heads stay? I have to say it, not show you. Yeah, like yeah. So uh, so when you when you hit, push the kick down, do you leave the do you leave it on the head? Do you stop the head, or do you bounce it every time? Little little bit of both. Yeah, the engineer is. Dude, I'm just telling you from the recording engineer side. <laughs> That shit has to. You have to make a decision because <laughs> it sounds totally different yeah. if you do one or the other. No, you know this. You yeah. recorded your shit before, but and I got a belt, a belt drive kick, so I don't have to worry about chain noises and things. Yeah, well, I, I, you're, you're talking to the wrong guy. I uh, love noisy drums. I, I love all that too, shit. But yeah, but what? But yeah, no, it's yeah. I think at some point, all, all drummers at some point have to decide: Am I going to go, and that's it? Like I push it down. 
the thing hits the drum head and it stays in the drum head. You just push it I don't, on the drum I, head. I don't keep it in the head. Are we going to bounce it? Sometimes I'll right. keep my left batter on the head to make the well, right one a little quieter. But I don't, I don't generally keep it on the head. I yeah. usually... Because you can but, do heel toe stuff yeah. too. So I'm going to snark a little bit. When you say you're getting a double bass, you just have a double bass pedal. You double don't actually have yeah, two, I don't two have a full kick drums. Right. Well, you know, it's maybe, gotta be maybe honest, someday. Weak. That's, that's yeah. my entire I mean, set. It's just two... Two just bass drums. Two whole And I don't use my hi hat. I'm kind of yeah. anti no, hi hat at this point. You I just kind of hit it. Goggles. Yeah. <laughs> just kind of hit it. No, that's awesome, man. All joking aside, yeah. The drums. Once you play drums, it, it kind of, at least in my experience, it, ex- it informs the other things you play Absolutely. a lot. I've programmed drums for the past decade, at least. So, I mean, right. it's, it's I've had an idea of kind of, but actually getting behind it, because there'd be things where I'd have five hands going at once on something I'd program. Sure. Like have a, couple, have a right. hi-hat going the entire time, and then there's like layers of cymbals and a snare chiming in with right. a couple tom fills, and it's like, okay, this is how it really kind of works. Right. And, uh, That's kind of the fun of recorded. For, That's the fun of recorded versus live, because you end up in situations where it is of such a particular thing that when you're like, hey, let me play this live, you're like, oh. You know, like the studio creations usually are like over the top in terms of what you can do. And then, depending on your situation, how serious the project is, if you're just going to whip it out for a bunch of friends on a Tuesday night, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, to a certain extent, it's, uh, you know, it's not like a, a practice and rehearse thing. So it's, it's that you have to break it back down to a core that you can work with going forward. Sure. Well, it's Which interesting. The fun of projects, I think, is like the yeah. different forms that the different mediums you work on them in will inform how they sound. And then that sound will change as time goes on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's, uh, it's one of the things that's changing about 2018 going forwards. The the old the old cycle of, you know, think of a song, record it, get a bunch of people to listen to it, show up in a in a box somewhere where everybody pays money to come in to listen to you play it, they go home, you go home. That whole cycle is really busted up now, you know. Yeah. So the idea that obviously there's still examples of recordings where the audience will go and say, please, you know, play it as accurately as you can. I mean, but to be honest, most of the time, those things are really, really structured in the first place. You know, they're 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 going to see a cover band. Well, yeah, but I mean, there are some kind of examples where the cathedral is. But I mean, you go to see OK Go. I mean, you're really trying to see this this idea that they've created. You know, you don't really fuck with it. It's like, oh, take a solo. It's not like that. Right. But if you see fish. Well, that's the thing. I mean, the point is that like the album, damn it. (laughs) <laughs> point of, right. The point I'm making though is that now there isn't even really an album. Now it's like you're probably going to see something on YouTube or yeah. you know you're going to hear a single on Spotify, that kind of thing. Yeah. So it, the the idea of playing live has really kind of been it's been splat, spattered. It's kind of there's a bunch of different ways of looking at it, wh- what it could mean. So it's interesting, and, and of course this is one of the reasons why I was so psyched to have you on. It's like you know the whole idea of of creating something in the moment. Used to be difficult because the only way you could fill a place is if people heard you on the radio. They were to get your radios. You're yeah. in the format that works with the advertising. The only way that's going to happen is you do a recording that's going to fit with the thing, and it's all yeah. standardized. And guys like us used to mix these things, and so we'd use exactly the same A curves and B weighted curve for this, and we'd make sure everything had all the thing and the luffs. We still do. I still make music right now professionally. I'm hitting luff specs, you know, for worldwide, you know, platforms like you know PlayStation Four. You have to hit the luff spec. Now you don't have to do that anymore. You can do whatever the fuck you want. And I, I love that audiences pick up on that. And then they see, you know what? I never really liked that goddamn shit in the first place. Someone goes, why are my songs all three minutes long? 
Why is everything I listen to not a musician? Why do I this is I'm free to listen to whatever I want. Yeah. I'm going to listen to a seven-minute song right now. Someone's like, oh, if you can't get it done in three minutes, you're being you know, self-indulgent. Fuck you. <laughs> I want to hear somebody being yeah. self-indulgent. I do. Right? I want, to hear, yeah. I want to hear a song that's a minute long. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't care about whether you can fit it in between your goddamn commercials anymore, you know? Yeah. So all of a sudden, the live thing could mean something different. I look at young people now and they're you know they're going to be split into these camps just like young people always are but there's a camp that's like fuck whatever is standard yeah and i think that's that's something wonderful about the way culture works the way it's been working to a certain extent with just the proliferation of everything you know like like you said like the live someone happened to catch on their cell phone and shared at this place it's more like a, a a musical diary entry for an artist so it's both right it's a it's a dual edged sword in that regard because in one sense when you're having those really great inspired nights you know when you're playing with the right group of guys and you're having a, a fantastic jam and maybe you guys know it and have practiced it before and you're just having a great night playing it or maybe it's like hey these random dudes at a party let's jam you know and you like you just kick it up and it turns out to be fantastic you know uh, but the just the overall uh, I don't know it, it changes you the keep, entire try, try to keep going because I think what you're talking about I'm guessing maybe I'm wrong yeah. we're talking about is kind of where the value is here I don't yeah. mean monetary value but the, mon- yeah. the value to you or yeah because it just sort of it, it gives it it imbues it its own uh, I guess idea just across the board and the communal nature of it when you have those nights those inspired nights and the ability for anybody to capture it anywhere so it's a lot easier for you to source it Compared to making like the stories of lore. Remember that gig that we played XYZ and it was incredible. You know, you now have like photographic evidence, which can sometimes be sobering. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you'd find out uh, he didn't yeah. bite the head off of it. Yeah, right? but, but, but the, time, yeah uh, but at the same time, most people yeah. are smart enough to know that, you know, that a f- that photograph isn't the, the, the feeling of being there. Yeah, know? but it's, it's that nature of nowadays your art, your artistic output in depending on like what you're doing. You know, if you are. Uh, producing other people, I mean, to the certain extent, depending how much you want to be in the public in that regard, because right. you can very easily, unless you're like a big act, if you're like a smaller indie thing, like what I do, it's just I do, you know, when I do, I do what I do, I do when I can do it. Right. Um, but in regards to that, like the ability to capture so much and and, uh, and be able to freely share it, um, usually not that many people are out recording me. You know, it's not like every time I pop outside, there's paparazzi jumping out my door being like, hey, hold on a second. Go, go, go. So not every moment is captured. Right. You know, like, oh, that jam I had, that was fantastic. And, you know, like three nights ago. But what if what if that is the art? What if that is the recording? But that's it's a it's like a personality now. It's like you follow the artistic relationship with a person in their craft and they carefully, depending on the level, cultivate what they want to show their craft to be. Uh, no, and there's no question that is certain things one in certain option manners. There. Yeah. Right. But it's but, incredible. It creates a full portrait when you think about it because there's videos, there's in conversations like like tonight. Uh, there's live concerts where you're just rocking and rolling. There's recorded material. There's possibly printed material. Yeah. And it's usually actively shared by whatever the, the person promoting the music is. So you have a whole spectrum of, of like what it is that you're trying to release and, and you know depending on the level of cultivation you can give it yeah I think that there's been a there's been a certain amount of necessity that, is, that drove that for a while and there's no question that the artist as art form themselves you yeah. know injecting the personality yeah. of the artist into the actual art form is 
uh, obviously it's always been there and yeah. it'll continue to be there and it certainly easily fits into the social media model. we know a lot about mozart life i'm just gonna say it that no way. but that's think ex- about it we've always been chasing down right. these personalities and having like uh but, celebrities. but i guess what i'm getting at though is that it's still just because that's the way it happens to be most yeah. uh successful right now doesn't mean you can't you know, whatever you can't Bjork it. You can't. You can't take a. You can't say for this next. You know, whatever blast. This is what I'm going to be. And I'm still fascinated with the idea that you can pull the artist out of the art. The, the artist can still be a painter of these things, and yeah. you don't have to follow me around. Like I could have fucking care less what Randy Newman ate for breakfast, and he's not showing me on yeah. Instagram. Yeah, but. I know that if I listen to his newest album, yeah. which I only listen to a little right now because I wasn't emotionally solid. <laughs> but uh, This has been a therapy session. No, really. but I mean, when you listen, to, I know that when I listen to that, I'm going to get hurt somewhere. And I know the yeah. same thing with Tom Waits. You know, like uh, these people have figured out a way to push this forward. And there's obviously, you know, I'm using old school people. But yeah. Um, yeah, I think the idea of just blurring the line about what is recording in the first place. I mean, we're doing it right now. Yeah. Well, I, this I, is just another edition. I really believe it comes down to like a for the artist depending on the level of it, it it's it's like a diary entry. It's a, it's, how about, it's a piece of art that you want to create in this particular format for this particular I see way what you mean. and then so you that, release it as right. Like, this yeah. is that moment in time. If I was to remember this evening, this is how I would remember it. You yeah, know? so not diary entry meaning as personally connected, but... Archived. But archived. Yeah. It's a yeah. journal entry, not a diary entry. It's my oh, live journal. Yeah. It's my live I, journal. Live journal. I, like to I want everyone to read it, but don't tell me about it. I'd like to <laughs> maybe think, like, and I, I just had this thought kind of coalescing that, like, I think especially with a lot of clubs closing down and a lot of culture getting stripped out of the cool smaller neighborhoods and house shows getting shut down. It's like, and I've tried to encourage this sort of, and we did it one night yeah. in the dojo, like broadcasting shows. Like, and, and, and something like yeah. this right here, like, you know, it's that venue for a band to have something that is sort of captivated. And I really like the concept behind this show as well as far as, yeah. you know, talking about the creativity and talking about the music and everything. And it's like, I think being able to captivate something like this, you know, musically or even, you know, if you get cameras sort of set up and you can get, you know, you can like, I think that people can't always make it out to a show. You've got family out of state and whatnot. I think you start putting all these things in an available forum on the Internet. Next thing you know, you've got fans in Italy and it's not. Yeah. It's not necessarily about the money. It's it's you know I mean money's nice to be able to kind of support you know the, these cool interesting artistic things, but it's more about getting that yeah. you know a song. James creates a song, and then that song might have three or four different recorded versions. It changes. It's its own baby. It goes out. Maybe somebody else covers one of those songs. You know. I feel so, like you can choose much like you said about ignoring and stuff like that. I feel like you can choose to be marketable or not. Like, if you want to be a marketable band, you know to hit the three-minute time limit. You know to record X, Y, Z to a well, certain extent. To a certain extent, I mean, but that's, kind of, but that's it, kind of right? changing. But these, yeah, but these days, now, like, when Bon Iver came popular, I was very surprised, like, yeah. that he was the underground. Cause, and sure. sort of, like, the Shins own Inverted World re- before that. Like, at various points, the, the albums that surface as, like, really popular albums are surprising because they're very homebrew. Um, and they have such personality that they kind of come out of the woodwork. Maybe, well, yeah, maybe I'm too though. Like, yeah. yeah, it's good. It's good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And sometimes, you know, the, the, you know, depending on the level of, you know, some people just strike lightning in a bottle. Some, sure. some acts are lightning in a bottle, you know, but I like the idea that, that 
that there are people that are going, I don't want this to be overproduced. I yeah. don't want to hear, you know, who you hired to get all these things. Yeah, yeah. I want to hear what you just did. Well, it's like the old school jazz. Like when you listen back to the, the early, early jazz, I mean, it was, you just jammed with people and you obviously a lot of the, the different bands that were created were, you know, we like to jam with you and you're really good and we're going to do this for X amount of time. In the time that was recorded, a lot of that was considered throwaway shit. It was a lot of, cause a lot of was small audiences. Miles Davis, you know, these, these early blue note things and stuff, they weren't playing for 500 people. They were playing yeah. for fucking 30 people. Yeah. And people were seeing this as they're fucking around and this is just garbage, but this is the stuff that in the future, but it's the know. thing that lasts. This mm-hmm. is the stuff that's still there. Yeah. It's that authentic moment that that puts it together. Eric, what you were saying about uh you're 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 describing this whole thing, this whole podcast, the uh, the Muse podcast is the first of a bunch of ideas mm-hmm. and as our lives change and this as this flyer goes out and 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 works and it's and it has worked and we were we're shocked and and excited and, and happy about knowing that there's so many people who listen to the mm-hmm. podcast um, with no promotion at all, just word of mouth. Um, the idea is right there. You're talking about the idea, putting some cameras up here. And the Muse podcast will always be about what it is. It's about finding about what's, you know, why this happens, where these songs come yeah. from, where this inspiration comes from. But I like the idea of... Uh, something temporal you know mm-hmm. Wednesday nights we do this Wednesday night jam here in the studio anyway and anybody can come in and jam and play I'd like to say if you're going to show up you're going to bring a song or bring something to play but that I think is a it's it's an original it's it's uh, sorry it's the initial idea feeding towards something bigger right. which is like every Wednesday night we go twitch do you sure. know do you know John you know John Peel at all like John Peel was a yes. BBC DJ no, exactly, for, yeah. for the listeners at home. BBC yeah. DJ. Uh, really cool thing about him is you'd have a lot of bands. Like John Peel, if you sent him your album, John Peel would listen to it. And he was yep, so encyclopedic right. and he he was an amazing curator of music. And like bands would seek him out to go to his studio at the BBC and do a John Peel session. Right. And like that became a thing. Like, ooh, I've got the BBC Peel session of when, right. you know, whatever, Smashing Pumpkins, I've got theirs yeah, a while ago. Top totally. Of my head. But like, yeah, totally. You know, it's like that became a thing. Like, oh, did you hear the Peel session of, or, or Nigel Do- uh, Godrich does from the basement? Yeah. So, sure. I mean, like, it's, you create this space, this inspirational space that right. has its own sort of production element to it, that vibe, that sort of, you know, yeah, but I mean, I think that the and the actual occasion of if it's every Wednesday night, yeah. this happens to go yeah. switch. That's that's a, a light that moths can can you know can flock to. I, I think, but you can look at it like. Also, I just look at it things. I got to be honest. For me, I just always try to find things that I would like. So, right. uh, think of the band, right? You know, the band? Um, yeah, the band from you know uh, live at Big Pink and all this kind yeah. of stuff. I mean, if those guys said. Like even even recently, there was still uh, they were still doing uh, jams and in, in I forget whose barn, but Levon Helm, I think. Yeah, I think yeah, it was yeah, Levon yeah, Helm's, uh-huh. right? So the same kind of thing is like, yeah, if he was if he was jamming on Wednesday night every Wednesday, I, I would I would want to be there. I yeah, would want to hear sure. that. I'd want to see it. Right. I'd right? want to try and be there to play it. Yeah. One of his and last tours were like that too. He brought you know, yeah brought it with him. Yeah. I mean that's the thing, and and I like that idea, and it's and it's not about you know us at all. It's about the moment it's about letting and letting that happen rather than just making just offering a situation and i'm lucky to be able to be able to 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 have this kind of uh 
you know, a work environment, mm-hmm. you know, it's I've spent my whole life building the toward okay. this kind of stuff. But now that I'm here, like, why? It's not about me. This is about everybody. That's why the podcast. Why you guys are doing this? Yeah, you know? and I mean, yeah. And the songs, like, they're it's not for about, the people. It's it's not about. It really is. It's for the people. This podcast is for the people. It's it's hard. <laughs> One of the other things that comes up on the podcast always is irony versus earnestness. Oh, we're, we're, it's very hard balance. The two those it's cats and dogs. People they just don't get Mr. along. Mister Force is towing that line. I know. I, I'm fine with it. I love the idea. I look if 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 I have one. Never, not regret, but one cringy moment per podcast. It's when I get too serious about shit. Right. But yeah. I love it. No, it's, it's, it's that's I can't not be me. It's always the big questions. You yeah. know, you think of things in sort of very ethereal uh, ways, and then when you have to articulate them, they come out sometimes a little, you know, dreamlike, a little well, over exaggerated yes, in certain sure. areas. Absolutely. And your earnesty is misinterpreted as an intensity that's yeah. more like you realize the understanding and the love of it. But the uh, yeah. you're very polite as you say that right now you can hear this the the music that's going on in the background is the music that is going on in James heads all the time he's right. making the music that he's thinking about it and then playing it into the looper and we're hearing it with me I just think sometimes when we touch <laughs> the honesty's too much and I have I'll stop you should keep it going keep it going. <laughs> What are you going to do, man? You got to be yourself. Yeah, you know? no, exactly. You no, know? I love it because the... Some people like air. Some people like air supply. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's all about the level of... of, uh, of uh, <laughs> it's all about the level of love. You know, you interpret your own way. Everybody loves music differently. Think about the popular forms of music and, and the, the loved forms of music. And it's, it's, it's your own thing. Music is something you carry with you, whether you... Flock, like I've met some people who surprised the heck out of me what they listen to in music. I'm like, oh my gosh. And then other people who had totally made sense that that's what they listen to. And uh, so many people interpret it so some people don't care for it. Some people it's like driving force in their life. Some people it's a way to make money. Some people it's, there's so many levels of interpretation of music. And that's what I love about it is that you can be completely cynical or completely earnest given the same situation to the same circumstances. One of the things. Because it has has so many levels that you, you never, you never know in the best, in the best ways possible. Because uh, everyone's interpretation of it's different, even in this format. I, it's true. I think it's hard when you're younger. You could just yeah. make these big, sweeping decisions. <laughs> you know, yeah. everybody fucking likes Limp Biscuit, so fuck that. Everything I listen to is going to be serious now. Yeah, right. Or goddamn, I hate it. When, who do you think you are? I'm going to listen to this, you know, cool music all the time, and then they end up listening to some bullshit, not actually cool music, but <laughs> you know. It was cool. I'm going to listen to only Marilyn Manson. You're like, okay, you're really not trying that hard here. Could you at least jump? This is the only you know, thing. I'm going to listen to only punk music. Yeah. It's just going to be Green Day, Green Day, and more Green Day. You're like, okay. You at least dig into like the, the Ramones the, the or something. Anything, or something. right? There's yeah. only one band that exists, and it's Corn, obviously. That's so, the right. thing. Like but but the honest, this. to be honest, I mean, if you can handle zero in earnestness, yeah. you know, you end up listening to Limp Biscuit and Linkin Park. Even though Linkin Park is trying to be earnest, you still can't listen to them in yeah. earnest. Well, I guess you can. I mean, when you're 19, but sure. yeah, at 19, it's, it's like you don't realize yeah. the level that music is created in, and you don't realize the talent involved. You think it's some dude. I think when you're younger, you interpret music as some dude or a group of dudes or a group right. of women or a group right. of transgenders, a group of whatever it is that are. Are right. playing to be inclusive, and humans. I mean that. Yeah, humans, group of humans. Thank you, like group of everybody. Yeah, um, Terrans. 
You you imagine it like they were all together in their basements, just like you are yeah. with your buds, right? And one of them's like, "Hey, I got this great idea for a song. It's called It's Rain to Men." Right. And then they go out and record it, and you're like, right. "Oh, they conceived that in the basement, just like a couple people jamming around. Yeah, that was that's, their tune." That's not you. Yeah, that yeah, was later on you realize there's yeah. like a sincerity well, you no. add to it because that's yeah. your experience with music is like totally sincere. It's when you start yeah. playing it and then having critique come back that you well uh, inherent in what you're saying would be the young person in the basement that's saying, "Yeah, they got it in the basement." Is assuming that they're themselves just as good as the people yeah. they're listening to, yeah. which is almost never the case yeah. ever. Sometimes <laughs> it is, though. It's true. It's yeah. true. Outliers. Very few bands yeah. where the four people that happen to be in the basement, probably because they all went to the yeah. same high school. Yeah, yeah. Probably because they were all part of a small subgroup of that one particular sure. high school that was in this one place and you're... All happen to be world class musicians, so it's, it's very few times does you two come along. Yeah, works for the Beatles. Yeah. It's true, but it, they're very few times, right? Yeah. Traditionally, it's like a bunch of people who you're the only person who plays that instrument within a, unless you're a guitarist, right. then there's right. a million of you. Right. Then, then you have to find people who actually like what you play, otherwise you have no one to play with. That's uh, why I learned the drums. Yeah, that's that's the thing with guitar. Everybody needs a drummer. It's like, hey, you doing a thing? I play guitar. I could come down. No, we're good. Are you sure? Because I, you know, I can lay down some good guitar stuff. Oh, no, my brother and my other brother play guitar too. Yeah, we got we, we yeah. got guitar. I have two brothers in the band already, Do and they both play, play flute. Yeah, right. <laughs> Johnny Greenwood joined Radiohead because he played recorder. Because they're like yeah. another guitar player. We don't need it. He's like, I play recorder. They're like, mm, that's your amount. Okay, it's true. Yeah. Now he's I a like composer it. for the BBC. Right. Mm. Yeah. I still think he's I mean, the Radiohead guitar player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That noisy fellow. Yeah. yeah. Good jazzy so tone funny. occasionally. He plays the Andes Martinat on stage. He surely does. You know more than I do about Popularized this. by Mezayan. Oh, wow. wow. Pulling it Go out deep. from the deep. Well, I am talking to the the, uh, the man who, who studies yeah, right. the uh, the classical, yeah. classical instruments. Ancient instruments, right? Yeah. I find it fascinating because there's some people who have uh, such an ability. Like, that's the thing you forget when you're in the basement level, is that there's some people with an ability where whether you like or dislike the song, you have to respect the talent. You know, that sure. the, the sheer willpower that's gotten to them to a point that they're at i i can be okay with any form of music um realizing the fact that there's like an earnesty a sincerity underneath all of it you know whether even the sincerity is just to sell you know there's being honest about it well it's hard there's 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 trick it's it's a trick a lot of the times look at the uh, the amount of self-mutilation that many um artists especially uh men who are trying to sing something earnest will go through yeah. just in order to be able to be cool enough you know it's just so he can sing allison you know uh, uh, what uh, band uh, is that? It, <laughs> i mean he's singing these dead straight you know uh, right I know this world is killing you. Oh, Allison. He can't do that. People will kill him. He's got to go. Look at Elton John singing a dead straight love song, wearing like half of the, you know, the, the whatever of the production, uh, you know, uh, uh, wardrobe was in the back you know just so he can say i love you you know and and tom waits you know turning into a a, a hobo yeah just again so he can go i'm gonna sing a real players. song yeah. about it in a yeah. shipping container my, my heart is really <laughs> really on my knees it'll be awesome i miss you so up. much i my heart is breaking but i'm not gonna sing like this i'm gonna sing like this so you can listen to my words i mean yeah so it's tricky, you know. To, to uh, some people can do it. Paul Simon kind of pulls it off. I like Simon. 
Well, I mean, but it's hard because there's no irony there at all. I mean, <laughs> irony left when he was 12 years old, and yeah. that's that, you know? I mean, I guess you could argue you can call me Al is kind of... I, I, I think he just think was. Good, I think yeah, he's like, he, no, nah, I just like the song, you know. I like it's. It's funny. I feel like Paul Simon's the type of person. I love his music. I will be honest. Like growing up, I was inspired yeah. by certain things. No, I really you, at all. <clears throat> you did a thing one time. Where it was uh, on the, one of the previous episodes I listened to where you're talking about like those bands that inspire you. Yeah. And uh, Paul Simon wasn't, I'd say, a sole inspiration, but some of certain Simon and Garfunkel hits. And Simon hits, yeah, were like hugely like eye opening in terms of musicality. Like even Cecilia, I want to, you know, like that's that's just like a brilliant song. It, well, I mean, subjective opinion might just it, sure, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, but like just like that comparatively to say uh, Bridge Over Troubled Water, like yeah. the concept that like you could vary and, and really kind of have fun with the same instrument. But if I came in right now and said, "Hey guys, I got a new song. Here are the words." Yeah. It's like a bridge over troubled water. You'd be <laughs> no. like looking at me like, what the hell Go is home. wrong with you? Yeah, exactly. Well, dude, you got to get your voice way higher than that if you're going <laughs> to sing on this song. <laughs> Okay, I got it. Oh, you, you gotta be no, the bridge. That'll make you. You go. gotta be that high above the water. <laughs> no, no, now we like it now, yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah. It blew yeah. my mind. I didn't realize Paul, like Simon and Garfunkel, didn't yeah. play their instruments on that album. No, no, like, that was all the Wrecking Crew. Like yeah. I was just like, whoa. Yeah, there is. Art Garfunkel is a total like he's madly in love with Paul Simon, but Paul Simon's too into Paul Simon to realize it. If you ever watch the two of them, Garfunkel's always like wistfully looking over at Simon, and Simon's just like crow to crow. Like right, right. <laughs> he never notices, but Art loves him. Look at I it. think You'll Simon it. fits into the. I think Paul Simon fits into the into the category. Well, I mean, I, I, I've I've read his interviews in, in uh, Written in My Soul, which is a great book that you know right. I've b- bought and given to <laughs> so many people, <laughs> um, uh, where he's just talking about his he's going to get up in the morning and he's going to write a song every day. That is it. I'm going when he's working. He's going to work every day. And so his songs are just simply going to be what they are. If you don't like it, fuck you. Yeah. Like, this is the song. This is how the song goes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not worried if you think I'm cool. I'm not worried about it. I'm just... This is the song. Yeah. And then he always like has very like the neat thing with his career and I love this uh concept. It's much like I respect the Grateful Dead for it, although I'm not overly a listener of the Grateful Dead, really. Um He's but, lying. but the uh but the nature of the, the, the ability that they can take a song and reimagine it X amount of years later. Because as an artist, especially one with a song that like, you know, Mrs. Robinson, you have a song that popular from so young in your career and you are now much further in your career and people are still gonna want to hear it. You know, so you've played it now. The uh, I don't think I've obviously just age alone. I haven't had that experience because I haven't lived that long. But having played that song so many millions of times, the ability to reconceive it into something that like you know has like a completely different vibe. It stays true to the original and such. Well, nature. I think it's it's a necessity. Yeah. I mean, poor Pat it's Benatar. Like insane. I mean, yeah. Pat Benatar <laughs> has got the worst. She's she's got it the worst, right? She's yeah. got to go. <sighs> Hit me with your best shot, mm-hmm. man. Yeah. Like, if she doesn't do that, yeah. everybody's going home sad, it's like right? Ra- Radiohead being fifty, uh, doing creep too. Spider- no, but right. they, but they, but even then, they have like they are trying to figure out a way to get it across. Yeah, and this next bit is a jazz odyssey. Right. Well, that's the <laughs> problem, wrote it. right? That's the problem. But but you have to. No, I mean, oh look. I, I, I came from the opposite side of the world from the Grateful Dead. I hated anything having to do with that stuff when Carnival I was younger. Night. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How much farther from the opposite side of the world could you yeah, get right. than Carn Evil Nine? But far. 
But I'm sorry, we've uh, we 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 wasted these guys in in our generational gap there. Sorry, right. but anyway, it's a it's an old song. Anyway, here we are. <laughs> here we are. Listen, but now for me, the dead did exactly what we're just talking about. It's yeah. Dick's picks. Just fuck going into the studio. Yeah. Just listen to Dick's picks. Let's yeah. just listen to the yeah. dead playing these songs at different places. Yeah. I would love to be in a band that only recorded live only and never actually went into the studio yeah wouldn't it be cool to be, be in cool. a band that and was that like would that? be the be wednesday cool. that would be that the would wednesday be a night. band thing yeah. now the wednesday night's a jam but maybe a band could come out of that truth but of course it's not a band unless you have a band name and that band does not have a name yeah also true so eric what was the first band that you not band like when when you were really little that like did you, uh that that like caught your ear and said i you said i want to play music this was before you were actually playing music uh maybe like i mean my dad listened to a lot of music i mean his favorite band was the moody blues but i mean there right. was like beatles and whatever was kind of on the radio and whatnot but like probably i mean like it, the Beatles, I think, kind of interested me as far as what you could do with music. I right. mean, he played classical music and whatnot as well. So you heard this by listening to music in your house, is what you're saying, or in the car. That, and then something, you know, like Nirvana, and then, you know, more kind of proto-punk, like, give you gives you that kind of like, I, I could maybe do that. Or like Flaming Lips, like, you know, what you lack in ability, make up for an enthusiasm. Jesus, yeah. You know, and that Well, whole, and, and group, you know, and group. What was the first... Uh, but that comes back to the earnesty question that some people truly are that garage band that just had such a passion that they got discovered that way not yeah you know like absolutely it, it breaks in all directions you know the, the cookie crumbles every way <laughs> 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 but the but those ones it's funny because then it's interesting to track their career because yeah. the ones who come out so earnest and, and just uh you know raw talent that can be defined and defined i mean the kinks to a certain extent one could argue are one of those bands that you know they just came roaring out with their own thing they, they True. Have, like, it's uh, hard. It's hard to think about bands that are that 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 were working that long ago because there were so few bands. I mean, there were a million bands, but there were so few that actually made it to the point where people would know who they were. Again, because you have to deal with the radio and all that kind of stuff. But that's that's still the modern times, you know. Yeah, I think it's a little different. Uh, I'm not. I'm certainly not going to disagree directly. I think the idea that those bands became there were a couple of them that became very successful very quickly. So similar to Eric's experience. Every record company was like, we need a Beatles right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me a Dave Clark 5. You're like, well, they're not really that good. Yeah, but they're like the Beatles. Okay. You know, that kind of thing. And you get the monkeys and all these, you know, other other bands named The and then some sort of animal pun. It's like with Strokes. Four like people. 10 years ago. Yeah. Well, whatever. I mean, that's the thing. But but it happens. The you know. bands. Right. Or the, uh, the or, bands. Or when, but, but as soon as Mumford or whoever was before Mumford came along, everybody all of a sudden, you know. Grab the acoustic and, the and start going down and down and down. Hootie and the Blowfish. Yeah, but th- those kind of uh, <laughs> those kind of seminal ideas, you know, I don't know. But I think I think artists should be take their work seriously, but not themselves. Like oh, because it it's types, funny. I would know? totally agree yeah. with you, except it's hard to tell artists what to do, and you'd yeah. probably say that you well, probably I mean, shouldn't yeah, tell them what to do. In right? an ideal, I mean, like you know, because some artists might be concerned about looking like. Stevie Wonder can't see, so Stevie Wonder rocks back and forth and gets all into it when right, he plays right. music because that's that's what he feels, you right. know. But it's like, so if if somebody knew better, they might be like, that looks kind of weird. I'm not gonna do that. But right. like, he does what he feels to make the music the best he can. He's right, not right, self conscious right. about like I'm gonna sit 
cool and kind of tip my head to the side. He's like rocking back and forth. It's a little rough in 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 the social media generation, you know. It's rough. You got if you're gonna do that, you better turn comments off on your video. Yeah, but I mean, goes not goes to say to you shouldn't. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you on this certainly. one. I'm actually coming down on your side. But. Yeah. It's funny because it makes the more earnest people who put it out there, uh, you know, with that type of reverence, you know, and that intensity of like, you know, just I love this. I'm gonna do it. You know, it makes them raise up a little bit because of that. Well, it does, but it also puts them, but it also puts them, makes them incredibly vulnerable to the comments. Yeah. You know? Well, you can't, I mean, for... But you got to get the comments first. There's like a, it's like a, uh, I think it's a Buddhist type thing. It's like the more that you're willing to let yourself be lifted up by the positive comments, you're willing to let yourself be that vulnerable to the negative ones. So you just, you kind of have to put your song into the world or your, do your thing. And then once it's there, that's for the world. Like you can't worry about the... But you can also get good advice from it, to be honest. Like listening, listening to yourself, you you can can. self-critique all you want. And I mean, there's always the people who say irrational things. gonna be trolls yeah well getting someone who actually gives good advice like hey this part of the thing you do doesn't really make a lot of sense and you've been thinking that anyway and you're like oh yeah that part is kind of wonk i definitely hear what you're saying yeah oh i think also you could also (laughs) define what you're saying as having someone validate what you were thinking in the first place true 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 so like you you have to value what they're saying as oh that's a good comment Uh, you may also be wrong yeah yeah Comments are strange, man. You know, I, I let's you know, um, you know, uh, full disclosure. I mean, I, I I work at an art school, and I we basically talk about music all day. And I'm watch the students go back and forth. You know what they want to hear yeah. is good or bad, and they keep floundering around talking about it until someone will say that and be like, "Right, that's what I was thinking." You're like. Well, I know you were thinking that doesn't make it right. Yeah. It makes it right for you. And as yeah. an artist, if you're going to make a decision, I completely agree. I mean, I would never tell someone what to write or what not to write. <laughs> but if that if you really know something, if it has like, a C yeah, in if, it, if you, <laughs> but there, it comes back down to that clarinet, you know, the Gregorian clarinet. It's like if <laughs> you Gregorian. know in your heart of hearts that you don't need the fucking Gregorian clarinet, you just said it and now you just have to buy it. Yeah. You're waiting for someone to go, you know, that was the best Gregorian clarinet I ever heard. You're like, damn, see, I told (laughs) you. No one's done it like that before. No one has done it like that before. waiting for that, didn't I? That's the kind of artist I am. I do things that no one's ever done before. So, anyway. That's really funny. Wow, he's... I always think it's... I I just love music in general, and there's so many facets to it that you could... I mean, that's why you can talk about it all day, every day. Yeah. But, uh, you know, just the the varying levels of it. I love the ability these days of the everyman-ness. Because yeah. when I was a kid, I grew up using like the four tracks, like Tascams and stuff like that, and messing around with that. I, my dad had a studio, reel to reel that I used to mess studio. with. Like when I was a kid, kid, I've always just liked doing this stuff. Yeah. And uh, so you kind of, as you progress through it, there were certain limitations. Like if you were doing like a Tascam four track, let's say for a home recording, there's many limitations that you can hear. You had to pong tracks after you get to three, yada, yada, yada. Right. So you had all sorts of limitations that would restrict you from really, and there's no place to showcase it. Nowadays, the technology is caught up to a point where it's unbelievably easy to capture an idea in so many different varying formats. And sometimes the varying format is what makes the idea even work more so, you know? Yeah, maybe, and then, maybe uh, too many choices, though. I think that can happen. But I think with a, a person who's whoop, dedicated to it in a, in, a, in a sort of artistic way, I feel like they know the choices they want to make. And maybe it's not perfect. I mean, whatever painter has loved every stroke of the brush that they've ever painted on a canvas. Right. I'm sure like every artist would look at one of their masterpieces and say, I could do it like a hundred times better. <laughs> but sure. the, uh, Many artists would, yeah. but you know, like the, they, ha- they know when it's done. 
and they know when it's been the the level they want it to be. Right. And I think that these days the the personality of the fact uh, that there's such a break. I don't know. It's so, but there's like so many levels of it. You could say that in one sense that we've moved away from the three minute pop culture because of the podcast, because there's so much out there that um, it, you can get into these days. That some of the stuff that gets popular is not the traditional. Hey, right. two and a half minutes upbeat, and it sings about something you love. Right. And uh, with it, with the new capturing of it, I feel like it's really opened up the market in a lot of regards. There's no question. Yeah. If you listen to just what the uh, all the uh, the songs that were up for Oscars. Yeah. I mean, there's the Spotify list called the Oscars, you know, and I was playing it at, 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 in classes where you're just going, there's like three Hollywood songs in here. There's like three big Hollywood productions with the big orchestra. All the rest of them are all over the place. And I, I love every bit of it. I love the idea that people just want to hear something that right. works. Oh, it doesn't yeah. have to be standardized, you know. Yeah. And the the ease of getting it is is beautiful because you can get into things that you've you know, so random. Like, how else? If you were living here in New Hampshire, and there was some cat down in a basement in Michigan who is writing really awesome stuff, whatever it may be, you have the ability now. If that guy's posting, if something happens, like you have the ability to find out about it and kind of forever own it to a certain extent because you have heard it and oh, possibly no downloaded it. It happens all the time. Yeah, man. and it's it's unbelievable the level of access that you have as an artist so it kind of changes the nature of how you go I, I feel like it changes the nature of how you approach well depending depending I mean everything's kind of its own situation but I feel like personally it really changes the overall idea of uh, do I go out and make music that will sound uh, not pleasing to people but like what they kind of expect familiar yeah familiar do I write the song that they want to hear or do I write a thing and, and uh, you know hopefully they dig it I mean, you're just talking about not your just. It sounds like yeah. you're talking about the basis as to why people would play music in the first place. Some people yeah. are interested in being. Some people shine in front of an audience. Some yeah. people shine in front of the uh, you know in front of the recording uh, desk. You know, some people. Steely Dan was always best live. I don't know, man. <laughs> Initially, <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> Initially, they were the best. Asia's pretty they good. They put all though. their albums out. That was the time to catch them live. I don't know, man. <laughs> nah, I, yeah. <laughs> oh, there's no Chicago. Whatever the sound. Well, the next the Very next uh, rendition of the evening has begun. Oh, okay. this is Very what we'll work with. This is a cover of Peg. <laughs> no, the well, uh, let's let's pull this whole thing together. You right. guys have have done all of our favorite things. We didn't have to go through our our little list of things that we like. We talked about our early band names. Yeah, thing. Oh, two, I forgot to tell thing you, Seraph. Yeah, but the earliest one was actually the eighth grade band, which was Dead on Impact. Good choice. You D-O-I. really did talk about Dead a lot, though. No way. In the in the the bands, yeah. that's a good because well, we were serious because we listened to metal as kids. Oh, like we were Metallica yeah. fans, and Nine Inch Nails was one of my main influences. Uh, like the stuff I grew up listening to. Really? And I'm very not very ironic. Yeah, I, I've always been eclectic. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of straightforward um, right. yeah. when it comes to the old, uh, yeah. the old Resner oeuvre. Yeah, there's like there's like a level of <laughs> kind of like yeah. right on he it wants to fuck you like an animal. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's really t- talking <laughs> yeah. about nice you know. yeah. for structure. But yeah. it's but that's the <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, every oh yes you uh, meant rhyme scheme right yeah, yeah right a little bit of everything. <laughs> but the uh, checkers. Yeah, I mean, like the intensity at that level, you. uh 
I don't know. You always carry it to a certain level. It, 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 you know, every path is different, and my path has just always led me to one that's more um, comfortable. Yeah. And re- like uh, the the various projects at different iterations have always. It's never been the same thing with different actors. Right. It's always kind of mutated depending on the circumstances of that period of time. So right. it's been a live project. It's been a recorded project. It's been a movie. It's been uh, whatever the next thing will be, which will probably be swapping tracks. It's been like a this or that. Me playing bass on Eric's songs that like a basement in, in Somerville uh, at the uh, the radio and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like just sort of all sorts of iterations of music. And you kind of have a, a group of people who you enjoy doing that with. But obviously you have your originals, which is the weird songwriting thing. But because there's no formal structure, it comes back to that idea of like what is the true like definition of it. It's like the novel idea that when someone thinks of an album, someone thinks of a song, they think of it as the artist's final intention for that piece of music. Like it's more of a, it's more of a result of of the of the recording process yeah. making it an artifact. I mean, yeah. than anything else, it's just the the fact that you did it is yeah. all you need to say. It's you just literally lock that into a format. Yeah. But until we I'm sorry tiring the uh, poor audience here, but they hear the same thing goddamn over and over again. Until now, since you're streaming the thing, you can change it whenever you want. There's no reason why it needs to be the same. And there can be a million variations. It there almost are. makes it more interesting. Life of Pablo is, what, nine nine or ten versions in now. He just, yeah. Kanye just keeps changing it. And you can't yeah. get number two anymore because yeah. it was streaming in the first place. You never owned it. So I like this yeah. idea. I have no trouble with this idea at all. It's I like the idea because of the overproliferation that you have to work with it. If everything is so eye-catching for a shorter amount of time, it's a weird thing, but taking the same material and reworking it in various ways in various formats ends up giving it like its own little life. Rather, if you yeah. tuned in every week to hear the same thing that you were expecting to hear, yeah. some people like that, and some that's some. Well, ways it's true. To go some people, that. I mean, because yeah. I mean, little kids will listen to yeah. let it let it go over and over and over and over again. You know, mm-hmm. I think, um, yeah, it, yeah. There's a familiarity to it. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of which, one of the interesting things uh, is that, you know, you know, as as you move into this phase where you have kids, you have the ability to 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 set these young people up the right way. Infect them with music. Do you know what we listened to today when I was babysitting the boys? Nine Inch Nails. No. Nine. Sorry. I try to keep fairly. Uh, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. When they're older and I'm like in, in my 50s, I'm like, all right, son, it's time. You're old enough. This is an <laughs> album be like, that I'm passing down the, to you. They're going to look at the guy this and go, is broken. that guy's, uh, this, what's wrong with this guy? This is called Downward Spiral. Mm. Now, disregard a lot of the lyrics, but I know you're old <laughs> enough to you know him by now. But let this one shape your life like it did your dad's. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like send them home with that. I don't yeah. think that's really how it works. But anyway. No, I know, obviously. Right? <laughs> <laughs> the classic rock. Really? Is that not how it works? <laughs> no. Now it's like, hey, I'm listening to that trap music too. Yeah. Crap. Crap. Anyway. I like it as well. Let me listen to it with yeah. you. Oh. <laughs> now, what does trap mean? Yeah. <laughs> trap queen. So, uh, no, but you do have that, that ability to, you know, not just play only Rafi or whatever it is for the children. Gabba Gabba. Yeah, no, it was Yo a, Gabba tr- Gabba. The morning's the morning's playlist uh was we woke up and we listened to Mozart and then we followed that up with Truck Tunes, which is an online videos of trucks with this guy who writes cement pop mix songs. Up. Yeah. Cement mix cement up. Mix up. <laughs> I only know it because I like because James was playing James was playing Cement Mixer before. Food a pude a pull of Okay. 
Sorry. Oh, boy. <laughs> That's not one of them, though. That's the best part about that joke. Subpar is it's not song, actually, actually a truck tune. Okay. It's a tune about a truck, but it's not a truck tune. So Cement Mixer wasn't on the Truck Tunes compilation. He has one, but it's a different Cement Mixer Was it song. Tunes T-U-N-E-S or like with a weird... No, no, it's, it's like songs, and they're all like different <laughs> songs for it. There's 40 trucks going now, and I know them all pretty well. My son sings them back to me, which Very is nice. really funny. Trucks. Yeah. Like cement pump yeah. mixer, hydraulic boom, crane. Uh, pon- concrete boom pump. But concrete So we listened pump. to that. So we went from Mozart to little kid songs about trucks. Yeah, truck tunes. To truck tunes. To, uh, <laughs> to the Kinks, Lola versus... <laughs> Lola? <laughs> Forgive me. Yeah, we put on uh, the Kinks uh, Powerball. What is it? Power Man versus uh, right. Lolo Passes the yeah. Money Go Round. Right. Uh, so we listened to that, and then we followed up with Charles Mingus. Like, that's kind of like... The only one I disapprove of is the Mingus, because that's just all about giant, like, slimy, fat-toed sex in a swamp. That's The Mingus <laughs> is just so sex. Come on! How could you play Fat that toe porn toe. in a swamp? How could you play that sweaty porn? I think it for the children. Suspenseful music. <laughs> nope, just wrong on that one. The uh, Fat toe he plays that bass like yeah. <laughs> the child is like. Can we please go back to Nine Inch Nails? I really want to listen to Enter Sandman again. Please put that back on. No, we listen to Charlie Mingus. At least it's relatively sexless. But the Mingus is too much. Man, come on. The Mingus is just Dad. all about that shit, man. Oh, they, of course. But all music is. I know, but Mingus especially. At least Enter Sandman's like, we have something to tell you. <laughs> Don't go to it's sleep. important. Don't go to sleep. Bad things will happen. Really bad things don't go Mingus to sleep. is like, I'll put you to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> With my base. No, seriously. Come on. When you, you, as as I never block, saw yeah. that. Yeah. I have a good friend who's like, I got an article. I forgot. I wish I could think of who wrote the article. This is back when there were those are magazines and articles. And I remember he lent me his magazine. It was like this big takedown of this whole Mingus thing. Oh, and I'm like, oh, man, shit. Like. I can't listen to this the same way. And so now whenever I listen to Mingus, I'm like, yep, giant toads doing it in the swamp somewhere. You can't it's think like that about Mingus. <laughs> it's not. It's the music. Sorry. So. The frog from Pan's Labyrinth <laughs> yeah. now. I mean, it's, it's big. Yeah. But yeah. everyone's got their own detractors in every way, shape, or form. I mean, that's the problem. Detractors? That's an attractor for me. I listen to it all the time. <laughs> yeah. True. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's cool, but you guys definitely you covered all the stuff. I, we always talk about early influences. Yeah. Got the band names down. All you even gave us some hot road stories. Yeah, hot, I think it's time for us to uh, pull this together. Yeah, absolutely. We want to play us out. Jamming How do you want to do this? Yeah, you gotta let's, play let's us play out. Play something. What are we gonna do? First, this is where you normally are in control, Mister yeah. Force. Mm-hmm. Yeah. First, this is where I, well, this is where I say if people would like to listen to your shit, how do they hear your shit? Bandcamp. Yeah, Bandcamp's the best. Just subpar co-star. And yeah. It's all it's on online. It's all one word basically. But subpar co-star.bandcamp.com. Nice. There's a lot of it's arts. It's it's arts and crafts. It's a it's a project of love. So it, it's gone through many iterations and it's gone through many different ideas. But it continues, which is the beautiful thing. What I was saying about the diary entry to tie it all back to that. Yeah. It's like that diary entry. It's something that when I have the time to do it, I make it happen. In whatever yep. iteration it has to happen out of that movement. And it's it's it makes it a project of love, you know. It's it's uh, it's when you read like the poet like Bukowski who just wrote yeah. poetry for years and was not publishing it; he just wrote it, 
And then at some point it ended up becoming published because of X, Y, or Z. But there's always that level of uh, you just do it because, and hypothetically in this world of the roulette, someone could turn an eye to it and say, hey, that's really good. And enough people could turn an eye to it that like it could do something. I'd like to believe that if you don't give a fuck enough, it doesn't even matter if that happens. And that's the thing, yeah. is that you just do it because you do it. And you do it with the iteration, with the, the pieces that you have to make it happen. Yeah. And it's fun, and it like changes like completely. Like If you listen to the first, to the most recent EP... The it's each one is its own thing. Like I hope my my thought was always with music is that you have a personality that's the underlying, uh, the backbone of of the overall sound that you're about to listen to, and then around that everything else can just become what it needs to be for that moment in time. And uh, with that, I think that it lends itself to you don't have to recreate the same sound again. You kind of just do what you do, and you do it with whatever new things come your way. And uh, in doing that, I feel like that's the, the key to it is create a personality that regardless of what you decide to create, it has your personality somewhere in it. If that's like a painting versus a, a song. Yeah. yeah. And I, I love that about these days is that you can capture it in so many different ways that sometimes, you know, it ends up being more of a, a live thing. Sometimes it ends up being more of a studio thing and you can release each one in its own thing. And it's like a piece that you can be like, this is the piece that I've created. And whatever else goes along with it to a certain extent. So it's like, you know, you get to hang it in the gallery of the Internet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not going anywhere. Yeah. So uh, if you're going to play us out, tell us about a little bit about what you're going to play beforehand. Because when we're done, this thing's over. Right. Yeah. Uh, Eric, what do you want to play? Up to you. No, no, no. Name a song. Yeah, we could do that one. That's a nice one to th- make you think about. Think about life. We're going to end this podcast thinking about life. This is called Right Now? This is called Right Now. Maybe in 200 years 
I could be a kitty cat and you would like that and take pictures to show to all your friends. Or maybe in 300 years I could be a tree and I think I would like that. Or maybe in a thousand years I could be me Read. 